tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you to make a call. And Emma is looking after the programme this morning. Coming up on the show, we'll be speaking to Johnny Luby in just a little bit. Um, a senator's comments about Tipperary Town are condemned. We'll be speaking to uh, Councillor Michael Fitzgerald on that. We have an update on the former derelict aircom site on Thomas Street. Rural TDs challenge the government's push for a cashless society. Uh, Eamon is in the Shamrock Lounge uh, in care for this week's Down Your Way. Andrew will be back with us a little later on as well. He has a really, really special piece for us today, so I'm looking forward to that. And our Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week. So all of that and much, much more on the way. The Marty Party coming to Limerick tonight to the University Concert Hall there with a whole host of artists taking part and uh, we have another pair of tickets to give away to that today so if you'd like to head off to the University Concert Hall tonight to see uh, Marty Morrissey and friends well those uh, tickets based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp and uh, if you put uh, Marty's party at the end of your contribution we'll pop you in the draw so to text and WhatsApp it's 083 311 you can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. A quick look at the headlines today. The Irish Daily Mail is telling us that around 60 refugees had to sleep in tents overnight due to a severe shortage of accommodation as uh, the temperatures plunged and snow battered parts of the country. Now the Irish Daily Mail uh, learned that roughly 60 international protection applicants were intended accommodation in County Clare because the government literally had no place else to put them. Let's have a look at the Irish Times. And they're telling us that the worst of the icy conditions of recent days should clear uh, by midday today. But forecasters have warned of uncertain conditions for the weekend. And the first of two orange weather warnings took effect at 11am yesterday. And much of the country braced for heavy snowfalls, ice and strong winds overnight. So we did sort of okay, I think in uh, Tipperary by comparison to other counties. Of course, right across the newspapers today, there's mention of the seven people who were reported dead and at least eight injured in Hamburg uh, after a shooting a, in a Jehovah's Witness church at about 9pm last night. And Hamburg police said one or more perpetrators were still at large after the attack warning of a major operation they sealed off in the area and urged locals to stay at home and others to avoid the area. So very worrying indeed. But I was very interested to read on the Times today uh, a piece by Tipperary's Pat Leahy and um, the DUP has no mandate from its voters for sacrificing the power-sharing institutions in order to scrap the Northern Ireland Protocol. Now, that's according to a new academic study of the North's uh, voters in uh, last year's Assembly elections. The findings of the detailed survey suggest that Protestant voters are opposed to scrapping the Northern Ireland Protocol if it means the end of the power-sharing institutions. That's kind of very interesting. And um, I would imagine that the DUP will have to take account of that in their decision uh, to move forward. 
the Irish Independent today dominated by a photograph of a bus that ended up in a ditch between Ennis and Kilrush yesterday as those uh, weather conditions um, deteriorated but um, luckily no kids in it but it's a very unfortunate situation there for the driver. Uh, also on the Indo today an increasing number of retirees are being targeted in a sophisticated scam where international fraudsters are seeking investments of uh, upward of €20,000 Irish banks have warned and the fraudsters are targeting the over 55s with increasing elaborate scams and uh, the Gardaí when they come on with us every fortnight they're at pains to warn us about the various uh, scams out there and how sophisticated it all has become as well to the Irish Examiner and their telly is that farmers have expressed surprise after coming under attack from the Junior Agriculture Minister Pippa Hackett over the uh, record slaughter of calves in recent days. This will be of great interest to our our farming listeners out there. But um, Pippa, anyway, she condemned the slaughter of thousands of young dairy calves, uh, claiming it is damaging public perception of the sector. Um, and uh, Tipperary's Pat McCormick as well. Uh, Pat, of course, is uh, president of the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association. Uh, he said that for Miss Hackett to uh, describe a practice that is under the remit of her own department as unacceptable was, to say the very least, uh, surprising, which has to be a little bit of an understatement. But uh, anyway, uh, that's a quick look at what's making headlines this morning. If you want to make a comment on any of that, we'd be delighted to hear from you. 83 311 It's time for Johnny Luby. Johnny, good morning to you. Fine, well. The, uh, the scammers, they're, they're targeting the over 55s, Johnny. That's people like yourself and myself, and they're trying to take money from us. So, did you invest in anything sort of dodgy? I did. I invested in the IB shares. <laughs> me, <laughs> me, too. me too. What fools were we? Oh, my God. Oh, mother of God, when I think about it, at, uh, at four, I borrowed the money at 14 euro and I now work four cent. I and know. you want a tip from me for Cheltenham next I week. I know, I know. Uh, but I'm the very same as you. I'm, I'm waiting for those shares to come up, but sure, I'll, I'll be waiting. I'd say. That anyway. is unbelievable, really. Look, I'll tell you, um, I got a phone call there one day from uh, somebody saying that they were from the income tax department, and I think many more people got it as well, saying that I was due a huge refund of maybe seven or 8000 and my bank details. Uh, and that I said, I just said, listen, I said, will you send on the money and don't bother with the details? I said, you know, you know where I am. I said, just send on the bloody thing. Johnny, the so, Forpenny Road, that's it. Johnny Luby, the Forpenny yeah. Road, Tipperary. Uh, I'd certainly get some, but they hung up, friend, and that was it. But listen, there's an S load of scammers out there in every bloody thing. You know, misfortunate people that uh, would be able to use their phones and give them credit card numbers and give them bank no details and the whole lot. I know, but in fairness, it is becoming more sophisticated. I could see how people are taken in with this. You know, it really is. Yeah, well, all I'd say to any listeners out there is don't bother with it because yeah, just be yeah. very, very careful. Go to the guards if you have to, you know. For sure. Emma told me to ask you for a rundown of your week. I can't, oh. I can't wait for this. Yeah, friend, Friday night I had to do a charity night in uh, a day or for the uh, Cheltenham preview night. Right. And uh, we had a wonderful panel there, uh, uh, Eric McNamara, horse trainer, and Ronnie O'Leary, and a couple of more top-class tipsters. And then we had an owner called uh, Davy Mann, M-A-N-N. It's a great name in Limerick. Right. And uh, he owns the hotel in Ratkeel. And business, he said, is booming. And I'm always welcome. He says, you're one of our own. I play, <laughs> I play music in that. It's a great, it's a great hotel. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and fine. He has a house actually running in Cheltenham. Does he? Yeah, yeah called The Real Wacker. <laughs> 
and uh, he's a guest. He's guest, you know. And they they didn't know that I actually knew him because I done a, a, a strictly come dancing judging with him one night in the Limerick race course for uh, I think it was that day or uh, GA club or Patrick's well or one of those, and we had a wonderful night. Like it was in it was real warm weather, and Davy is such a character. Like I mean, it was definitely up in the seventy five degrees heat, and uh, Davy arrived on with a sheepskin coat and a pair of sunglasses <laughs> and a straw hat. He's that kind of a character, you know. And the boys said to me, do you know him? I said, he's one of the lucky ones. I said, when he was christened. Yes. Uh, Davy Mann, I said, that his father didn't call him Con. And then he'd be known as Con. <laughs> he got a great uh, laugh I out of it, it friend. It, yeah. uh, and that, but uh, it was one of those nights, friend, when uh, I was on my own, I couldn't have a bloody drink, you know, that... Uh, I imagine going through uh, night yeah. for a couple of hours, you know, but we had to persevere and that's it. Yeah. Was uh, JP there? Uh, no, JP is out in the... He's probably, he'll be in Cheltenham next week, you oh, know, which yeah. that's on Tuesday morning, but we'll talk about that there in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful... It's wonderful for the crack, you know, where fellas are giving their uh, uh, opinions on what might win and things like that. And, of course, on Friday night last... I mean, the, the the ground was so good that they were actually watering in Cheltenham and watering in some of the tracks around, oh. you know, just uh, oh. to get the firmness out of the ground for the safety of jockey and horse. But then, of course, the snow came, and I believe that they got plenty of rain in Cheltenham. So things have changed mm. completely on the racing front now because the ground will probably be soft yielding, which uh, would have a huge bearing on some of the horses that are going over from Ireland and also the ones that are running from England because they were hoping that they'd be running on different kinds of ground but uh I suppose uh, that was Friday night. Saturday, friend, I went into that uh, Michael Postle, a young man of 35 or 6 years of age who died there tragically uh, about 5 or 6 years ago mm. with uh, cancer and uh, that they had a memorial for him in the handball club in Cashland. Mm. It was looking magnificent, friend. They had tea, sandwiches, scones, tarts, the whole bloody mm. lot supplied by Cashland uh, handball club and of course the Postle family mm. and uh, I I only intended to stay in 20 minutes but the handball was so good uh, in the various courts in there that I actually stuck it out for maybe two hours and eventually whilst you had uh, players from all the counties in Munster uh, eventually it was won by young uh, John O'Donoghue that would be uh, Pat's uh, grandson and uh, yeah, young Ryan from Cashel oh, they played marvellous handball yeah. to beat two uh, Watford lads in the final hey Listen, you travel a long way to see it, you know, and there I met Andy Puzzle, uh, Michael's dad and mum, mm. and uh, of course his two children, uh, the, the Michael that died, I met his two children and, and our mum there with a wonderful evening there in the handball club, and look, I'll certainly go back again there, you know, but I suppose last weekend, Fran, on the sporting scene, uh, it was disappointing, really, in every sense of the word, mm. uh, whilst our Camogie players put up a marvellous uh, display of Camogie, nevertheless, they were beaten two points by a cork, and they'd, they'd be hugely disappointed, but... Uh, Always, you'd have to ask whether you win or lose, what have we learned? And I've no doubt that our manager, Mr. Kelly, and the girls will learn an awful lot from it. Uh, Tipperary will be there or thereabouts uh, this year in the Camogie, I have no doubt. Mm. And, uh, of course, then you had... uh, 
Tipperary beaten by Fermanagh in the football, which was disappointing. Yeah. It looks as if we're going to go down to Division 4 unless results go our way. We have a couple of big matches coming up and they'd be looking for huge support. Shane O'Connell from Golden Hills, the captain now that the other two guys, uh, Young Sweeney and uh, I can't think of the other chap's name, uh, from North Tipperary, the way that, uh, that uh, they're out injured. So injuries play a huge part, you know. Is, yeah. Uh, Cashel Rugby Club were beaten as well and Clonmel were beaten. Nina had a, a tremendous victory uh, and that sort of was really a, a, a loss-making weekend. And on top of all that, Frank, to cap the whole thing, uh, Liverpool beat Man United by 7-0. It grieves me to say that. It is unbelievable no. that the one team that you'd follow, I'm telling you about them Mills, Limerick, Liverpool and bloody Leinster. <laughs> uh, but Man U, they won last night, didn't they? Ah, uh, yeah, but you see, just, I'd, I'd forgo all that. Uh, I, would, yeah. uh, I mean, 7-0. Seven, seven seven I, I actually took out pen to paper the other morning about half I was going to write to uh, the manager of Man United and tell him that they're a bloody disgrace and that they shouldn't get the wages for the week with the way they performed. They showed no heart commitment, pride in the jersey or whatever else was a scandal. But I said he'd been there. Or, or, or I'd written down, or I'll go on Tip FM about it. So I said, right, I'll go on Tip <laughs> FM and see what he tune in. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they had a good win last night. And I suppose uh, the big one was St. Michael's uh, advancing front to the last four in Fantastic the FAI Junior yeah. Cup out right. of 900 teams. I mean, to go all the way up to Buncrana in County Donegal on the Saturday, stay overnight, win their match 1-0 on Sunday, and now they're travelling away for an FAI Junior Cup semi-final uh, against Gorey down there in County Wexford. So they're on the road, really. But uh, look, they're a hard team to beat when they get to this stage of the competition. So um, <clears throat> that was... Uh, what, what about uh, the rugby, Johnny? What? Oh, yeah, the friend, uh, the rugby this weekend, yeah, yeah, it's going to be huge. I mean, Ireland are uh, the, the warm favourites to beat Scotland. We yeah. would say uh, at the outside that they should be beating maybe eight or ten pints. But Scotland and their national anthem and the way that oh, they play it. with passion... Oh, where is the game, Johnny? The game is in Edinburgh, oh, and a Lord. good few people are yeah. uh, uh, going over to it. You know, Can you imagine the atmosphere there. Well, oh, hey, it would be absolutely mm. fantastic. You know, but that game is on on Sunday around uh, maybe half two, I think. And uh, then you have England uh, against France. That's going to be a huge game. If England get a result there, Ireland have the championship won. But if France win, of course, it's all down to the last. And who's game, the favourite there? Uh, I'd imagine France would be at home, right. but I. I'd be looking at a surprise result. I think Italy will beat Wales. That's my opinion. Uh, I think Italy are playing a, a good rugby this year and they're going to be well fired up for that game. Wales are going through a turmoil uh, uh, at the moment. But uh, I think Italy might beat Wales. And, of course, Fran, I came out for a lucky dip in the uh, Cashel Lotto. I have the it rug- in front of me here because Deirdre was on to us straight away to say that you came out. How yeah. much did you win or can I ask you that? You can, of course. 20 euro. I doubt if I'll be... <laughs> I doubt <laughs> I'll get the hammer for it but nevertheless fair play to Clem William and Cashel as I can come out of the Kilfeagle split the bucket uh, which is done every Friday night uh, the, the neighbours pulled me out I think friend are looking to pull me in I'd say Cashel pulled me back uh, into the club and uh, Clem William but hey it was grand listen to us 20 euro friend to buy four good pints inside in uh, 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 Brosnan's yeah, yeah. Where, where I bought it but uh, yeah look uh, on the uh, I'm just looking here now uh, mm. As regards St. Michael's Frank, it's some achievement for no, them. You know, every just... year you'll have to get Tommy Fennan on before the semi final yeah. and see are they in good form and things like that. But uh, mentioning soccer clubs, uh, Tuesday evening, Fran, I went to uh, Tony Harney's funeral. Oh, I'm very Mercy sorry to hear it, yeah. 
Poor yeah, he John, was. Yeah. He, John was dead, yeah, yeah. And an absolute gentleman. My missus knew them in the bank, I suppose, 40 years ago, and she used to love dealing with them. Yeah. Uh, they were uh, tremendous people, Bear and uh, Tony. And Tony was involved in the Greyhound game in, Pow- in Clonmel and Powerstone. So I, believe I, I, I didn't know him, but I believe he was a great character altogether. Oh, yeah, one of those, yeah. One of those great characters. Yeah. An absolute gentleman. You know, everything had to be done to perfection. Mm. The same as it rubs off on John again John, outside yeah. in, the, in the final furlong in Clare. And so I met them, and of course, I met the real county councillors well I have to put in a dig haven't I uh, John Fitzgerald yes uh, we had a good chat with him and uh, uh, don't know who's undertakers of course for sizing me up but Fran I told him he's gone <laughs> forget about it I said that and by the way Fran there is no vet on funerals <laughs> I had a call I had a call from two undertakers so they told yeah. me no will, will Devitts no. look after you or will you go elsewhere where, where? Uh, they will but I'll tell you one thing unless the, 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 if, if it's a, a cashless job uh, or if it's a cash job James <laughs> Devitts will look after me but I, he, look, he's dealing in cash the same as everybody else but I think it's an absolute scandal if they're going to do it with cash. But as a boss friend, the yeah. government are getting talks of it this week with heartless funds have gone too far. I see a big heading. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other story detailed a homeowner having a repossession order oh, granted terrible, against them yeah. in favour of an investment fund despite having just 11,000 left on the mortgage. And mm-hmm. another mortgage holder was left in a similar situation with 6,000 left to pay. So that doesn't seem right. No. No, it, it, does, it does, definitely don't. But look, it is a hard act to follow. I was watching the Doyle Channel yesterday during the snow outside, and uh, that where uh, one of the TDs stood up and and uh, had a letter that was uh, given by somebody in power that if they were if the house was to be repossessed, they were to go to uh, the local Garda barracks. Now that's, I think Garda have far more to do than trying to get uh, homes and everything. Well, else. it's just passing the book, of course, is what it is. We'll be speaking to Matty McGrath. Uh, little later on about, well, the eviction ban among other things. But it is well, putting a lot of people in a very precarious situation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, Matty is a great man to fight the cause of the, uh, uh, you know, you have to think like, where is it leading us to? It's leading us to more homeless. And yeah. that's it in a nutshell. Well, see, the, gov- the government is claiming that, you know, the, the eviction ban so far has not done anything for homeless figures. So that's their oh, point. Yeah. Don't well, shoot well, the messenger now, that's their point. Friend, the spin doctors, of course. But friend, I went, well, we went to Jerry Minehan's after uh, uh, um, Tony Harney's yeah. uh, uh, funeral. And uh, then, of course, uh, there's always a fine crowd in there. And I must say, friend, uh, best wishes to a girl called Teasy. She's uh, going through an operation at the moment. I'm... Um, I went for a stroll the other evening, uh, then after the funeral. And, friend, I went... Do you ever come across a pub in Clonmel, the Golden Harp? No, I haven't. Yeah, well, where is that? The Slogger Hickey, uh, Lord of Mercy, used to own it, and TZ, they, they operated a fine show there. Oh, do you yeah. know where the clock is in Clonmel? I do. Go straight down that street. Ah, uh, sure, I right. know now where you... What, was that Gibbs Inn at one stage, no? No. No. The, the Gibbs Inn was down by Shore Island Dairies. Right. Uh, this was the Golden Hawk. Uh, to the one-way... When I say one-way street, it's just a pedestrian street now. Well, now the pub there is known as Bennigan's. Ah, right, B- OK. Bennigan's, a lovely pub, and they do seemingly fantastic food there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And there I met a wonderful lady. She goes to the Bingo and Golden, Mrs Kelly. The great Franny Kelly that played football for the commercials and Tipperary. Uh, 
she'd, uh, she'd be his mum. And I just yeah. said to her, there was a few in the pub, I said, confidentially, I said, you can tell me and I will not tell anyone else. Are you still getting the children's allowance for Franny? <laughs> she said, I am, she said, still getting it. And she says, when I get it, she says, I give it to Nellie Connors in gold and she says, for bingo on a Thursday night. So one uh, goes, uh, as you said, passing the book, she's passing the... the, the, the uh, I love the, it. The, the, Dan was on to his Johnny. He's obviously a Liverpool uh, supporter and he's wondering why is Johnny and Man United uh, supporters so bitter, says he. Um, uh, yeah, he's revelling in their victory, obviously. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something, Vanessa. Nice. There is a God, though. For the next... Oh, just friend mentioning God. Right. <laughs> Burks down in Ballangarry, their uh, demolition contractors, their big machines on the road and the whole right. lot, they're giving out like bloody hell that I'm not on at 11 o'clock. They say that they start at 8 now. They right. take a tea break at 9 o'clock that goes on till the quarter to the 10. <laughs> Over we've been on now. And that woman, they said in London, she st- still give up the mess on a Friday morning just to, just to listen to the bloody banter. But, friend, you know, the, 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 we'll say Cheltenham next week. I might come on some morning there for five minutes. Of course. Yeah. Uh, just to, to, to give uh, you my never, opinion. You never came on for five minutes in your whole life, Jim. Yeah, well, you have to fear time, half the uh, show whenever yeah, you come on. No, it is the first time in, in a long, long number of years that I'm not going to Cheltenham. Simply, I suppose, I had a serious look at myself being there and done that, you know, and we've had some wonderful crack there. There was a councillor one time down around Mullinahoe and Eddie, the Lord mercy on him, Eddie... Uh, Somebody might tell me what his name was. Eddie used to go to Mass always on uh, Paddy's Morning Beyond right. in, in, in Cheltenham. Mm. And, uh, oh, you know the man well that he died there a few years ago, a fine old scout. Yes, and uh, that, but he saw me and he, and he had heard, you see, that uh, I had a kind of a disastrous day the day beforehand. Mm. So here I was going round with the basket for Father Bree. <laughs> for Father Bree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eddie, Eddie says to me, well, when he's thrown in a five ring, to it. He says, uh, I hope that stays in it now. He says, I heard you had a disaster yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, and another morning, friend, uh, dear, above it, Jack, I think I told you that, the Jack Dawes Castle where John Joe Neal trains his own by JP, they shoved me into the uh, swimming pool uh, with the clothes on me and the whole lot. So I went over to a big tumble dryer and took off everything down to naked out and uh, Father Breen came around the corner they painted at the door and I'm there like all out and the cross with my hands up in the air and uh, my, my, my the most valuable parts of me uh, getting warmed up and uh, that but uh, uh, he just closed after looking in he just closed the door and he turned around to a friend of mine Patsy Burns a lot mercy and Patsy and he said to Patsy he said I'm sorry he said Patsy I was late for the christening so we had wonderful <laughs> times up there but friend you know yeah. just to finish the, the power of uh, Eddie power. O'Mara, by the way. Was oh, Eddie O'Mara, yeah. by God, above tonight. Yeah. Friend, Thank absolute, you to all the listeners who were into us so quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah. An absolute gentleman. He's on Kevin is now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love meeting him, you know, uh, and that uh, he was one of those great characters and a real uh, Irishman, Tipperary man, through and through. He always had something funny to yeah. say, you know, and he was delighted to see us going to Mass then uh, uh, on, uh, on, on St. Patrick's morning, you know. But, uh, friend, just to say that uh, I see on the local paper, the Nationalist, our uh, tea shop, our thing is closing in Golden this week. Uh, That's uh, right, Slice, that lovely restaurant there. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. 
absolutely a fantastic mm. place for people to assemble and they've done lovely food there and all of that look and the very best of luck to them I feel sorry for the people that are working there and that and for all of them because they were hard workers and it's hard to keep a show on the road mm. but I suppose at the other side the kind then James Lawrence's new garage opened up and that has maybe taken the pain or the sting out yeah. of it because he has three or four lads working maybe five or six lads working there in that uh, beautiful garage there in Golden if anyone has passing through just call in for a look you don't have to deal or anything else but just call in for a look say that you held it on Tip FM but it is a wonderful course, place yeah. and, and just, just to remind people about Slice they're, they're not closed at the moment they're, they won't be closing for a few weeks so go in and support them for the next few weeks is the message there yeah friend that'd yeah. be absolutely fantastic mm. you know and uh, that there's a Greyhound Racing or Clan Mel Celtic have a big uh, I was with them on Tuesday night friend I had to go and talk to them about a charity night that they have at the Greyhound track on the 30s of April they have to get down to it now and try and sell tickets here and there for the tremendous uh, work that they do there in Clanmel Celtic front to see them playing on the all-weather pitch and the fine pitch and there on the bypass road mm. uh, a tremendous setup. and to wish them the best of luck we'll talk about them uh, uh, again but they have tremend- they have great workers there friend they uh, actually have nearly the guts of 300 kids on a Saturday oh. uh, at the weekend uh, playing the, the, the game of soccer uh, from maybe under 7s up to under 14s 15s and youths and everything else and just to get to the parents uh, they have to look they have to upgrade the facilities they have to pay for what they have got on tick for what is paying for lying in the fields or whatever the case may be so they do, they, they do need to hold this charity night at Clanmel Greyhound Stadium on the 30th of April and mentioning Clanmel Greyhound Stadium there'll be a huge night there tonight again with unraced uh, Greyhounds uh, uh, there tonight Shawnee in the bridge your old friend he has three runners tonight the way I told you his prefix is chasing he has chasing Willie B he has chasing man and he has chasing the trooper they're all well known oh, characters are going now to the bridge but he had a good greyhound there called Chasing Nelly and that was after Nelly <laughs> and I said to him why did he said everybody chases Nelly he said she's a fund of useless knowledge <laughs> so but anyway friend I'll finish yeah. with the power in in uh, Brosnan's last night uh, the power of Guinness in a poem okay I'm not advocating the fellas go drinking of, of course this, you're look, not no it said some Guinness was spilt on the barroom floor when the pub was shut for the night, out of his hole crept a wee brown mouse and stood in the pale moonlight. He lapped up the frothy Guinness from the floor. Then back on haunches he sat, and all night long you could hear him roar, Hey, Bernanda bloody cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that's the power of oh, Guinness. Fair play, that's that's the mouse wasn't even afraid of the cat. <laughs> so, Listen, um, there's a few, if you take the, oh, all the Liverpool supporters are up early this morning, I can tell you. Oh, uh, right, Tom was on from Thursday and he says, great to hear Johnny, but tell him I have a few antibiotics that can cure manunitis. <laughs> Hey, he's got the gender crack again. <laughs> Somebody else said, could you advise Johnny that he should be doing the Tumivara GA Lotto as a lucky dip would return him 40 euro? That's double what he did win. So My God, I'm, I must get on to yeah. Joe Hamilton, that famous butcher and canality, because I'm in that one uh, uh, every, every week as well. Are you? Yeah. Uh, uh, and that now Joe throws in a bit of liver to soften the blow. So uh, <laughs> I, I have to... Uh, well, yeah, he has the greatest sausages of all time. I, I just love the sausages from... Well, friend, I'll have him for you the next day I go down. Will you? Yeah. I will, yeah. I hear I we're might. meeting for a pint on Monday in, in, in Shawnee's place there as well. Yeah, well, 
Where, well, I was meant to be in Mayo tonight, but because of the weather, I'm not in Mayo tonight. But I'm in Moyne. You know Moyne very well, I don't do. you? I'm in Moyne tomorrow night. So I'll be across the road for a pint with Helen. And uh, the crack will be mighty up there. Yeah? So there you are. Yeah, pe- people want to know about you and Brew Brew as well. Yes, you are back in Brew Brew, aren't you? On That's August, right, yeah. August, is it? On August, is right. And, friend, I have to whisper this law. Okay, go on. She's after coming back from Mass. Oh, Catherine, is it? Yeah, oh, no. I will be in mine tomorrow Shh. night, please God. Okay, I'll see you. See you across the road. Look, good luck, John. Good luck, lad. <laughs> good luck, Catherine. <laughs> good luck, John. Oh, my God, it gets so surreal, doesn't it? 1800-938-007. Delighted to know there's so many, so many Liverpool supporters out there who are crowing over Johnny and, and all the Man U fans. All right, we'll take a break. Back in a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Welcome back to Tip Today 083 311 The Independent Senator, Jared Crockwell, uh, recently commented in the Shannad about a visit he made to Tipperary Town. Now, in his speech, he said that several issues struck him, uh, struck him during his time in the town. Here's a little of what he had to say. I got the most peculiar email from the United States that asked me to go and visit Tipperary Town. And the man that asked me to visit Tipperary Town told me what I should expect to find would be depressing. I did visit Tipperary Town. And to say I was depressed leaving it would be an understatement. The county building where the bureaucrats and the people who look after the town reside, where their headquarters is, there's a water feature there. It is absolutely disgusting. Filthy, dirty. debris thrown into it, rubbish thrown into it. Surely to God, at the very centre of the town, that should be the first thing that should be looked at. The town courthouse, which is 100 years old, locked up, out totally and utterly uh, uh, unusable at this stage. Meaning that young people who are involved in domestic uh, violence situations or in marital problems who have to resort to the courts have to travel 60 kilometres in order to get a courthouse. And that's simply not good enough. Now, following that, uh, local Fine Gael councillor Michael Fitzgerald um, put up on social media a comment that stated that not only has the senator hearing problems, but he seems to be brain dead as well. And uh, councillor Michael Fitzgerald joins me now. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, friend. Good to talk to you today. Thanks for Thank coming you, on friend. with us. First of all, before it's we hard, get to... It's hard, it's hard to follow Johnny Luby. It is very hard I, to I, follow him. I, I was glad you, I was glad you, uh, you, you, you got Eddie O'Mara's name there because it's nice to remember Eddie at any time. But you knew him well for so long, uh, Michael, yeah. Oh, have we lost Michael? I think we might have. Um... Yeah. Okay, we've lost Michael. We'll try and get him uh, back there. But uh, those comments caused a lot of consternation in the town. People inquiring as well as to uh, why the senator was in the town and who was this mysterious person that emailed him and uh, asked him to visit uh, Tipperary Town. And uh, I was speaking to Martin Quinn about this uh, yesterday. And, of course, Martin has an article on it in the recent uh, edition of The Nationalist uh, and the headline there, Disgusting, Depressing, Deplorable. 
at Tipperary Town Water feature Get Slated in the Shannon. Michael is, is back with me now. I'm sorry, Michael, we, we lost you there, but thanks for yep. coming back to me. Um, will you tell me about the genesis of this? What is your understanding about the invite that the Senator got to yep. visit Tipperary Town? I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back a little bit from what you played there. Even yeah. I was listening. I was listening to the to the debate in the in the Shannon that evening, and uh, it was on Tuesday, February the twenty eighth. And he broke away from a speech he was making on the Northern Ireland Assembly discussions, uh, and he turned to the fact that he was deaf, and that. Uh, this was all, anything before Tipperary Town, mm. and that he suffered from deafness. That's all right. Every, a lot of people suffer from deafness. Mm. But he said it publicly out in Parliament. Uh, I, I think it was National Deafness Day or something. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he said he, he his wife often often digs him and says that uh, uh, he'd want to get his act together. He answers questions totally. No, whatever, you know. And I mean... I mean, my comment then when I heard the rest of what he had to say was, I suppose, a spur-of-the-moment thing. Not only is he deaf, I sh- I, like, he had said himself that he was deaf. Hmm. I didn't accuse him of being deaf. Which, and I certainly you added didn't, brain dead. And I, and yeah, yeah, that was a different. And I, I certainly didn't insult people that suffer from uh, deafness because in my own family, and I don't have to go into it, nor I won't go into it, I have I have issues of deafness, and I certainly wouldn't insult or never did insult anyone. But the people that have sought to accuse me, well, that's their business. I have no problem with that. Right, but, but, but you, you said just, just for for clarity, yeah. not only has he hearing problems, he also seems to be brain dead. Yeah, well, that oh. was just a spur of the moment react, friend. Uh, mm. I suppose. Did you uh, apologise to him, Michael? He didn't look for an apology. Right, but did you? I mean, on mature reflection and all of that, did you? On mature reflection. I didn't apologise. If the senator seeks an apology, apology. I'm not saying I'll apologise to him. What I'll say to him is that we need to talk. Now, I just want to tell you about my relationship with Senator Crockwell. Yes, please. I voted for him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that have condemned me and issued all kinds of calling me vile and a scumbag, mm-hmm. a waste of space and ignorant, didn't get that opportunity. And here's a better one, Fran. He's related to my wife. Ah. He's a cousin. He's a cousin of my wife. Right. Okay. Oh so no. And what's more, last Tuesday, I happened to be in the same room in Dublin as Senator Crockwell. He was dealing with his people, and I was in a different. I said to myself, "If our cross, if our pets cross, we'll have a chat." But uh, they didn't, as it happened. When I was leaving, he was still engaged with his people. But oh, these things right. happen. I thought maybe you might have him on the program this morning. We, we attempted was, to get him, but he's, he's somewhere in the United States, I think, or he's somewhere else. Anyway, okay. we, we tried to get him on, okay. Um, okay. and obviously, now, with these hearing problems, he might have a problem uh, chatting okay. to us as well. Okay. Um, we, we'll get back to the comment in a moment. But what did he say that was? Inc- I mean, we. Biden want to hear it, uh, yeah. Michael, but what yeah. did he say that was incorrect? I'll tell you what he said that I have grave doubts about. I need to talk to him about. He broke away from... I got the most peculiar email from the United States. This is what he said, ask, yes. Mm. Asking me to go and visit Prairie Town. Mm. And he took off. Mm. The man they, that asked me to visit Prairie Town told me what I should expect. Filthy debris thrown. All yeah, of this. That, that I did visit Tipperary Town. Like, Fran, if he if he mentioned in that that during his visit to Tipperary Tipperary Town, he listened to the local radio station Tip FM, and insulted them 
that what they were talking about was absolute rubbish. Mm. You would take offence to that, and the first thing you'd say is, why didn't Sen- Senator Crockwell, why didn't he give me a bell, you as the manager of your station, and we'd have discussed it, why didn't he give our council people, me or anybody else, as I said to you, I, I, have, I have a relationship with him, I voted for him, mm. why didn't he call into Anthony Coleman? Why didn't he visit the revitalisation people and look for them? No, he went off on a... He went, I don't believe for a minute, and I will tell him when I meet him, that I, I, I don't believe for a minute that he got an email from the United States asking him to go to Tipperary. That's a, that's a big statement. No, it is. Michael, it because is. that's totally contradicting what the man said, you know. And, yeah, I mean, and I we, have to, we have to go with what he's telling us. That he I, know that. Right. I know that. I know that. Why other than that would he right? choose to? Hold a minute. To? Hold a minute now. Hold a minute. The county buildings where the bureaucrats and the people who look after the town reside, yeah. reside where their headquarters is, there is a water feature there, absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Surely to God, at the very centre of the town, that should be the first thing that should be looked at. Right. So <laughs> if, if, if he was there, he would see that that was not the centre of the town. Right. Then he went on, here's a man, here's a man, a very prominent man that has spent most of his life in the Irish Army and served our country yeah. with the Defence Forces. And he talks about the courthouse, which is a hundred years old, mm. locked up totally and utterly unusable at mm. this stage. Like, if he, if that man, and which he should know about uh, having been a member of the Defence Forces, that the courthouse in Tipperary Town was under, uh, for many, many years, the auspices of the court service mm. and the OPW, who were responsible for the upkeep of it. They didn't upkeep it. The county council when, when I don't know, 10 years ago had to move the court mm-hmm. to the Excel because uh, the court service would not sit in the courthouse because it was falling into disrepair, yeah. the roof was falling and that in. that went on for years, here, yeah. Here, like, these things would have been explained to this man. Right, but it, I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying. Are you saying there's some other agenda? Here? Oh, there is. Oh, there is. And yes, have you, do, sake, do you know what that you is? Know, you, know, you know there is, and everybody that's listening to this this morning knows that is. That what, what is the other agenda? The other agenda is that there's people out there in the town and no matter what happens, there's people, there are great people there in the chamber and the St. Patrick's Day Parade and in the revitalization who are doing work. Every time, every time there's a money announcement and Tipperary isn't mentioned in it, left out again. Totally, you know, I mean, Tipperary is a big county. We can't be included in everything. We're getting our share. Maybe we, we want more and we have applied for more. So what, our, is our this an anti-government grouping? Is, is that what you're saying? It's not just an anti-government. It's an anti it's a it's it's a horrible thing that's happening there at the moment. By you you see it on the Facebook. You see it on the Facebook that, for instance, yesterday morning. But yesterday morning there was a big splash and fair play to the the St Patrick's Day Committee. Mm. Uh, uh, simple thing, you know. I wonder did they get the, the same level of funding as every other town? Mm. I mean, why, why? It's very easy to find out that information without somebody having to ask on, on social but, media. But it's, it's fair comment to question something like that, Michael, is it not? But if you look at the if you look at the records, you'll see. If you look at the council, we give the same amount to our men. We give the very same amount for Christmas lights. For for mm. this is this is a, a note that's put in 
to bring down the tone, right. that Tipperary town. Well, could, could I just put it, as I say, I was, I was speaking to Martin Quinn yesterday, and I know a guy you have time for, and, yeah. you know, he did say to me about that water feature, for example, yeah. that it is it is filthy and it is unfortunate the way it is, because that's there to honour the recipients of, of the Peace Awards over the yeah. years. You know? so, is, do, exactly. do you do you agree that that's in, in bad condition? I do. Right. I do, and I've seen it, and I've spoken to Anthony Coleman about it, and right. I've spoken to the caretaker, John, and he's constantly hunting kids and dogs and everything. Right. So it's anti-so- it. anti-social it's, stuff. But, 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 but could I ask? Could I ask uh, Martin as well? And I'm not going to like they can come back at me today with all they like about mm. the type of you know person I am. I don't mind that because I'll say what's on my mind and I'll do my best for the town at all times, which I have done. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. But was Martin, as, as Secretary of the Peace Convention at that time, was he not involved in, you know, I mean, those those names of the peace convention is one of the I, I always look at the peace convention as on par with the Nobel Peace yeah, Prize yeah. what Martin Quinn has done and Joe for Tipperary Town as regards right the so peace what, what, go, the, go on with what you were going to say what, what's your issue then I would never have put those those uh, things around the world we didn't as a council we didn't we got funding and it was a, a percent per art for the for the overall building right. but my my point is. Was there was consultants engaged and and members of the of the, the the council, not members of the council, but the executive of the council. But were not the peace convention involved in those negotiations as well? I noticed that they were looking at having it in the foyer of the building, and then they looked at the outside. So, are but you that, saying that they had an obligation to keep this tidy well, and clean? Is that, that it? These things, these these uh, plaques that are around the water feature, should be taken up now, and should be, and the peace recipients should be. Right. In a, in a proper and and way. should they have been there in the first place? They should. Right. But Where? Well, at the water feature there. No, 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 they should not. Never have been there. If I, if I had, I was surprised to see them there at the time. People, there's, there's young lads in the schools across playing hopscotch. You know, it's not the weather. It's not the weather that's affecting these. It's, it's greyhounds and dogs, and it's like the feature at the feet, the water feature there at the moment. I saw where somebody said that. Uh, there was a there was a litter picker inside. That's not a litter picker at all. If if you, that's that's a feature to an irrigation feature that's within right. the which is out of action at the moment, and that's part of the thing. Right. I, uh, has, I think John John the caretaker, you know, of 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 the council offices there does a tremendous job, but he can't keep coming in and out. And and Senator Crockwell, you know, yeah. should have gone in and could have should have knocked on the door and asked John, look. Has, has this been damaging for the town, do you think? I'd never heard of it until Crockwell brought it up. Yeah, but but no, I'm just saying in general, well, this, no, the senator's comments... Well, no, President, he brought it up first, and what's yeah. it was another individual. Right. But, but, but uh, what about the comments from, from the senator? Has that damaged the town, do you it think? It has, of course. Yeah. It has a course if, if if we're dealing with if we're dealing we 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 talk we spent two hundred thousand on the courthouse the council did because it's our property mm. but it was it was leased out to the court tower. Mm. There is there is strong negotiations going on at the moment between a company and Anthony Coleman about mm. about the the, the courthouse. Right. He didn't even bother to ask 
about that. Right. Well, in fairness now, in fairness, like if the guy was invited to see him, but whoever did invite him or whatever, if he arrived in the town, he, he made a comment as far as his experience was, Michael. So that was totally damaging. That was totally damaging. But, and as, a but public, as far as, as he's a concerned, public, was factual. As a, as a, if, 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 if he did that in his own county of Mayo, yeah. if he did that in his own county of Mayo, that he was, well, if he was, you'd see some reason for he going there. Yeah. But, you know, to, to drive after getting an email from New York to tip it, which, do you believe that, Frank? Do you believe that? Well, I have to take on board what the senator says. I mean, I can't call the man a liar or anything I'm like that, nor am I, nor, nor I'm would I. I'm not him a liar. I, and, you know, I mean, you mentioned that, but if, I mean, if, if, if the guy needs to talk about it, the right. least you would expect. Would you like to see that email? What email? The email that came to the senator to ask him to go and visit. I'd like to ask him who he got the email from. Right. He surely, he surely didn't get an email from somebody he didn't know. That's what, if he wants to talk to me, he can ring me. Uh, and if he wants an apology, I'll speak to him. I'm right. not saying I'm going to apologise because I gave you the three reasons. I voted for this I know, guy. but you're a decent chap. You, you, I mean, on, on, re, on reflection, it, to say that somebody is brain dead as well as being deaf. Friend, friend. Now, Mike. I, 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 I know. I know. I don't, I don't use that kind of language. That's barroom stuff. Yeah. I, don't, I don't use that. It was just, I suppose, a spur And, and do you know something else that, that I believe? I don't think this would have gotten half the publicity if you hadn't said that. But do you think, Fran, from the first part of it, the mind the brain dead thing, do you think from the first part of it that I insulted everybody? that had a, a, a hearing impediment. No, that because I'm, I know you well enough that you, you, you do. don't. You I, do, I, and I, I would never say that. Have but, but it appears, for people who don't know you, it might appear people, the that, people you, that, that you have people, insulted people. The people that have come on and said such nasty things, and I, look, I'm going to say, no, I don't mind, they know me. Yeah. But they tend to change it to suit them, them, them themselves. I should step down. I'm long enough. Right. You know, I should retire. I should resign. I have no notion in the world of resigning. The people will decide that for me in in a year right. and a half. But but you know, you, and, and anyone anyone that's that's that, but, uh, but if you had your time back, these, would you would you have would you have put topics. it would you have put it in that fashion? No, I wouldn't. If, no, no, I okay. wouldn't. I, but I would have said. Not sure, only, why not I, say? Look, I'm sorry, I said that then, but I still have issues with what the senator. Friend, if he looks for an apology, he, I'll talk to I him. I know, but without even him looking, and because so many people were offended, get him on, get him on. He's coming back. We gave him an opportunity to do so. Like Senator Crockwell at the on. end of Martin Quinn is to speak further on his visit to Tipperary yeah. Town and the Shannon in due course. Well, yeah. now, if he wants to have a chat with me before he does that, I'll talk to him because not only have I, I have I have my wife, as I said to you, who's related to him. Yeah. I, I'm getting enough of enough of grief about the senator, but right. I, I I think he's 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 the tone and the way he went about getting a an email from New York with no name that he didn't, you know. Right. My God. And, and, and just in again, the, for people middle... not familiar with what he said, he also went on a horrible, horrible place to be. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that desperate? Mm. Disgusting, right. depressing, deplorable is the way Martin Quinn describes it this week about the, wa- the water feature yeah. that it was called in the in, in the shot. Like, this only, this only arose because somebody passed there recently and took a photograph of it. And says, now it is a big, now it is a big, it's a big issue. This wasn't, this isn't a big issue in, in, in when you think of the, the, uh, and it was called a sewer. Mm. If, if you can see, if you can see what's at the bottom of it, surely it's not a sewer. There was, and there was bricks and, and, and Yeah, I'm looking at the photograph in front of me here. It, it, it looks, it looks tatty you, though. It looks. The photograph you have in yeah. front of you there is an overgrown area of yeah. it. Right. It does, but you know, 
people walk past that every day. People right. walk past it going down to where they live. It's right. a, but, but it's Michael, can I put it to you, is there anything should be taken from the fact that a senator goes to the town, and I know you have your doubts about that, that he goes to the town and this is his impression of the town. Should we not be sort of big enough to say, OK, maybe we need to deal with this. Maybe we oh, need to do something about this. But, your friend, that's what I'm saying to you. How do you deal with it if he doesn't, if he, if he comes in and stands up in national parliament and blasts out stuff that, that, that he knows nothing in the world about? Right. He knows nothing about it. And, so, and, and, and I know that you're experienced enough not to name names to me, but can I take you back to something that you, you said there earlier? Is there a grouping of people that are what in the town? Would you just that explain are, that to me? That are constantly objecting and criticising, and as sure as God. And are they an organised group? Well, Fran, Fran, the minute we leave down the phone off of this, this will start. Right. This will start and I'll be called in. Thanks be to God today I'm going to Edinburgh to the rugby match. I got a couple of tickets and I won the Kilfeekel split the bucket last week. I was disappointed Johnny Luby did. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. They they will hound and they'll call me every kind of a I don't care. I speak things. I have I have a great interest in the Prairie Town, as I always said. And I wonder, have these people the same interest because they seem to sit in front of a of a a computer or an iPad all day long and look for stuff to say that, you yeah. know, that's against the people Just, that are working. I, I know you will be prepared. I know Just, you will take on board what, what, what people say if, if it's said in, in, in a respectful manner. And quite a lot of people on to us today and, they, you know, they're putting it in a nice way, but they are deeply offended by by, by what you said and, and a couple of people on to say, for God's, for God's sake, Michael, the town is filthy. Do you, do, you, do you think the town is dirty? I think that the tidy towns people are doing a tremendous job Absolutely. there. Absolutely, and we're not talking... I, I mean, mean, in fairness, we always to, say I'm that on this program. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to... Uh, the people that are but saying is there a problem that, with, uh, with, say, with litter? What I say to your friend is the people that are saying that and the people that are rising these, what are they doing themselves? Are they doing anything except except sitting in front of a keyboard and, and, and saying all the things, that asking stupid questions at times that, you know, would just do nothing to improve the the, the 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 town or the look of the town or the you know, let us all play our part and everybody is right. is, is playing a part. But, but you have a negative element right. there. But unless he that, asks for it you won't apologize to the senator, no. No, I didn't say that either. I said I, when when I talk to him, when when I talk to him, we'll discuss all that. He hasn't sought right. an apology. Oh, I realise that, but but you, you you're saying off your own bat, you won't apologise to the senator. Is that it? Well, let's see what he has to say. I mean, I certainly regret. I regret saying the second part of the thing there. Like he, he, said, he said, yeah, I, I regret. I, I, I don't use that kind of language. And I, I, I certainly... All the more reason mean. for to say, look, look, this was in the heat of the moment, <laughs> Senator. I'm sorry for saying it, you know. No? I thought I, I might do that when I talk to him, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it here. Okay. Uh, because... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't use that kind of language. I, right. but, I but you did use it, Michael. Do you, you know, you can see why people would be on to me here now saying he right. did use it. You know? Hello, Hello, friend? Yeah, yes, Michael, you're coming back to me. Yeah. Can can you see why people would be cross and saying, well, he did say this. Why not say he got it wrong and that's it, you know? Friend, yeah. the amount of people that are cross, the amount of people that are not cross, that have contacted me and spoke to me and they don't go on social media 
they know I'm not that kind of a person. They know me to, to, to work hard for the town and for the other towns, Cashel, and the villages that I represent. Right. I mean, I mean... Yeah, and there's people I, on here acknowledging that as well, in fairness. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and look... I just see an element appearing that is that is not good, it's not healthy, and it's not beneficial to the town. And I also see the brilliant work that's going on by people who, who are constantly being criticised, right. constantly being criticised. And, you know, if, if that continues, if that continues, we can forget about N24s or industry or we can forget about, we can forget about all the things we're trying to achieve all right, Michael, I must leave it there, but thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Good morning to you. Bye bye to you now. That's uh, Councillor Michael Fasterla speaking with our news is on the way. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. Still getting in response to my chat there with uh, Councillor Michael Fitzgerald. Very mixed response indeed to that. We have those tickets to give away to the Marty uh, party that's happening tonight at uh, the University Concert Hall in Limerick and it's based on you interacting with us by WhatsApp and text 0833113311. Now a motion on the protection of cash as legal tender was put forward by the Rural Independents uh, led by Tipperary TD Matthew McGrath. Now it follows on from the 2022 Retail Banking Review which recommended uh, that the government should preemptively uh, legislate to ensure that cash would be continued by certain sectors and businesses. Matthew McGrath is with me in studio. Good morning to you, uh, Matty. Good morning, and, uh, Thanks for coming into us. The government didn't oppose uh, the motion, but I suppose it remains to be seen. Will they act on this, Matty? This is the problem with this, this government with the last 18 months, um, contentious motions that they don't like or don't want their backbenchers to have to vote against. They're agreeing, accepting them, but on this issue, I, look, I give them the I respect to the bona fides. The minister was there. We had no senior minister, which is very unfortunate, which doesn't so much for their intent, neither Michael McGrath or Pascal Donahoe. But the junior minister did say that she would have heads of, the ba- of a bill of legislation ready in the fourth quarter of this year. But I would be standing up in the doll every fortnight at least, demanding to know where they are, and my colleagues. And then that she'd have, um, you know, a full bill to go to pre-legislative scrutiny maybe summertime with a view to implementing summertime at 24 with a view to implementing in, in 24 now I know myself realistically those times that won't be met but at least we got unanimous support of the House all sides and none the Labour Party who missed us lot because of traffic uh, congestion that the, the Jed Nash approached me and said he said look we're supporting you as well um, it's, this has gone on too far and people have finally woken up to see, like, when, right. you know, this has been... Did, did it surprise you? I know it certainly surprised a lot of our listeners uh, to know that businesses can refuse to accept cash payments by just putting up a sign at the entrance or at the cash desk or whatever. And well, listen, goodwill, first of all, should should dictate that businesses respect their customers. Cash is legal uh, currency and cash is king as far as I'm concerned. I have no issue with people who want to use cards, you know, for payments, but I have issue with cards and, and, and plastic cards mm. taking over people's lives and the traceability and the control that, that, that yes. these companies have over people. But look... Um, but I mean, it even affects for people who love the GAA and who would have gone to the GAA matches for years and years and years, particularly older people. Now they're confronted with a situation, yes. where they? 
But I lay the blame here at Fairlane Square at the GA headquarters nationally, and I, I indeed have written to the Arthur Hoare twice last year, and indeed to, 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 to uh, Tim Floyd when he was in place. I never even got an acknowledgement. I think they thought that they would go do this. See, they let him use the umbrella of COVID to mm. get away with murder all over the place. And you can see that yourself. Well, that puts so week. many people into <coughs> cashless payments. Yes, it? but I mean, the irony, irony of the GA is you go inside the gate and you buy a program for a fiver, yeah. cash, a bucket. As, as, as Mike Lilly Way said, if they want a church gate collection, you're throwing cash into it or whatever. So they're not cashless. They're cashless when it suits them. I think that's particularly cruel. I have people on to me, like, and it's not all older people. I have people with intellectual disabilities, parents of those people and siblings and carers who say, look, this is awfully embarrassing for these people that are able to do this. Some young people, and as, uh, including myself, and as proficient with, with electronic uh, me, uh, administration as we should be, mm. but are we, as we could be. But then I have seen, I saw 90-year-olds when I was chair of the Education Board getting certificates uh, of, uh, and I salute yeah. the ETB. There was the BEC, then ETB on the training courses. And all the voluntary uh, tutors that are out there as well do great works. But look, to get, get some balance on it. The GA took this massive decision. The roots of the GA were formed in the fight for independence. We're talking about Liam Lynch later. They really did and they were part and parcel of coming Newcastle and and holy that time was nearly as significant as a as, as a, a revolver. You know, that, that was the, that was the where the GA emanated from. The thing now that they've gone so corporate greedy that they would introduce this is just not true. But they'd have to. Uh, mm. uh, and I thought at Congress this year there would be motion forward to change it. But not a peep. Mm. So look, I, I, other organisations are looking at the GA and they say, if they get away with it, we'll mm. follow. So, I mean... Cash- is it? I mean, we didn't hear this officially from the GAA, but we hear rumblings of it that at least it gives them control over the amount of money that's coming in at a gate. And with cash, they mightn't have that kind of control. Does that hold anything for you? Maybe a little. But I, I, I remember people all over the decades going to matches and men to give service. I think of Timmy Corrigan, the major, we used to call him when my kids were young, out in Malifil. And, and say they were there in every club that did the gates there. And we can't besmirch their names with mm. kind of this kind of innuendo that maybe we weren't getting all the cash that was collected. That's, I, I have no whole no trust for that. If there was the clubs and the officers and the children dealt with it, not now trying to use this and besmirch good people's names that they wouldn't give no all the money or whatever, I think that's very distasteful mm. to, to, to go cashless. It really is about corporate greed and, and, and being like... It's seen interesting that some of the Nordic countries, Matty, who were to the fore with a cashless yes. uh, society are now rolling back on this. And why aren't they? Because when we had had, uh, when we had cyber attacks, when we had power outages, which were passed the emergency legislation to keep the lights on, people haven't uh, can't buy a you know what I mean a penny bear. Mm. They can't buy. They can't get a kettle of water boiled. So I mean, you have to look at it logically here. Make haste slowly. So this has been rushed here, and we tried to get through. It suits the banks, of course. We saw what they tried to do last year, the AIB, and all the banks. They don't want customers in those shoes. Mm. We're, we're passing legislation now as well in relation to credit unions to have corporate credit unions. When I hear the word corporate, the shivers go up to my up my yeah. back because the credit unions have done. Huge service and, and get the people. genesis of the credit union oh, yes. is based in community, in the people, yeah. of the people, yeah. for the people, and that's what the GA was for as well. So look, I look, I don't want to be. I I have my sons are officers. My uncle was a founder member in my own club. And I've been involved in playing sports. I'm not anti GA, but I make make it mm. But I I think they should stand with the people who stood with them through through decades and decades and and supported them. So uh, someone made a comment on I think on Facebook, would I give back my Ireland and tickets? If Tipperary get to the All Ireland, I as elected T D will be entitled uh, to tickets. If I send the 
uh, probably be a card payment issue, but it used to always be a check. Send a check first. You got your two tickets in the post. If we're in the if we're in the uh, final, full stop. Buy my two tickets. So that's just to answer that one. And and um, look, look, you get them and glad to get them. Right. So what will you do this time round then? Will you insist on paying cash for those? I will. If if we're in all Ireland, first of all, I won't arise unless we're in all Ireland. So I hope we will. So it mightn't be this year, but it could be next year. And it could, the law might have changed by that stage. Yeah. But I will insist on sending my check as usual. Yes. Yeah, somebody else bringing up an interesting point, I suppose. You know that how safe is it for older people to carry cash? And maybe a card might be another option for them. Look, interesting Fred, point. They go into the they went to the post office this morning, I used to even get their pension. They go to the shopping, to the butcher, to the shop, to the hairdresser, or maybe whatever. Maybe the, the husband might go for a pint or a medium or whatever. Or Mary might go and have a medium or a couple of mediums or whatever. And I, as I said, I had Johnny Newby talking about Freddie Kelly's mother. Like, and that's the way nature is. But they know what they have in their pocket coming out. They have the purse coming out. And mum's purse is vitally important to the families in this country and, and dad's purse, but mum or dad's wallet. But they know what they have. And look, God forgive me, communion time is coming in shortly that we can't give a 10 or 20 or whatever we can afford to a little communion child. And I have nine grandchildren and expecting one. And my goodness, the day that you go, what do you do? Wave a card at him and say, look, I mean, it's, it's, it just hasn't been taught to. It's dehumanising uh, our very nature, our very culture and yeah. heritage that we had. And but at best, Matty, well, my feeling is you might delay it, but inevitably this is where we're going. So why should we be the outliers in Ireland mm-hmm. and with all these things that are not good? For I'm concerned, they're not good. Because every young person, I just caution to them, they're very much more educated than I am and intelligent and bright, but they're going in there, I see them buying the drinks, buying everything they buy, was in Shungum, flashing the phone. And, I mean, technology isn't safe by any manner or means. And um, they have no idea what they're paying for stuff because you don't even get a receipt. And that, that notion, and you know, all <coughs> sorts of conspiracy theories on, on, on social media, but about that notion of being tracked with every single yes. payment, does that trouble you? Yes, because when my children were going and sit in front of, if they can get a bank manager, they probably can't, but sit in front of anybody or an online application, they oh, yeah, for a, for a mortgage. Let's say when we when we when we will have houses again, that'll be affordable for people to get a mortgage and buy. And that's another story. Since every payment that they did, every payment they did, with the exception of the gambling, that'd be on a two. And maybe that's not a bad thing to monitor people's gambling, but because it is excessive and 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 so you're saying that, that the tracking could be taken into account. Not good. Our for employment is a better job. Right. They can well, say that. Would GDPR would they have access to all of that? They have access to all. Of, it. of course they have. To, and make, been, to make a decision on whether or not to give a loan or a mortgage. Our, our job. Because how, how trustworthy are you? You spend a lot of money there at weekends or even night times or whatever. How are you going to fund that operation going forward if it gets worse or whatever? You know what I mean? As an, employers have to look at all these uh, issues when they're taking people on because there's employment legislation that you have to fulfil and you can't just get rid of people. You're probation and everything else. So, yeah. I mean, all that's worrying. All right, can I move on to something else because uh, Sinn Féin to publish a motion on the decision to lift the eviction ban next week before that debate on on Tuesday in a doll vote the following day as well. They're saying wrong decision at a time when people are under incredible uh, pressure. The government pointing to the fact that the eviction ban did nothing uh, to the homeless figures anyway. Where do you stand on this? Look, I, I have an open mind on it because the government did nothing, I mean, to, to deal with the issue of housing. They left it up to, to, to private developers to build houses in the last 15 years now, say. That's been an abject failure. 
because it hasn't happened. Look at the number. The Taoiseach can literally tell his parliamentary party then on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, we need a quarter of a million homes here. That's lovely uh, language. But the real effect of people not having a home to go to is demoralising. It's unimaginable. And then when they have their... And again, it's something I disagree with, all these orange and yellow status. They're cancelling out so many events and things. But people have to live out in that weather. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad, certainly in the, in the, in the sunny southeast, as they said. So when I stand is... I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with constituents every day in my office and, and the office girls I want to thank them and salute them and I did into it all on, on International Women's Day they do children work trying to deal with people at the cold face I meet them in my clinics but I have also incidental and accidental landlords who maybe somebody died and they bequeathed the house maybe the parents' house they had a house the parents died they were out the rest of the family they became landlords and like how long do you extend it for or where do you stop I have the awful experience of horribly bad tenants, albeit a minority, who have actually demolished houses literally inside. You, you have experienced I that? I have. Right. Couldn't believe it. And the court found in their favour when, when there was a no eviction ban, but then they couldn't get them out. So, I mean, I have one in very uh, st- sad story, and they're from Tipperary, a couple in Australia and uh, when he worked hard decided to come home about three and a half four years ago pre-COVID I bought a house set it up and uh, from Australia maybe home on holidays and then they, when they were coming home COVID hit they were, they were trapped in Australia couldn't leave they, they rented the house now COVID thankfully and the restrictions are lifted they want to come home but they can't um, get the people out of the house they want to leave the house for them. So do you agree with the government then? Uh, no, on I, I agree it's not as simplistic as Sinn Féin and Bide Barrett, uh, Richard Bide Barrett and well, the other Labour Party in there as well. Sorry? So the Labour Party in there. Yeah, but, but, but I named the others because of the thousands and thousands and thousands of objections that they put into house buildings. Richard Bide Barrett has up to 10,000 objections to that number of homes and he's every day standing up then. So I live in the real world. I, and I, I have put in submissions and on housing developments too, but just where there was a huge weight of people and bad decisions about roads and access right. and everything else. But, but do you agree with the government on, on lifting the ban? If they had put uh, all the things that they promised the other night, which, they, did, which Could, they didn't. They didn't. Course, so yeah. I can't agree with them at this point in time because they need to have uh, those issues. Right. There's some good points in there uh, where, um, you know, if, uh, if, if they're supposed to give local authority copious amounts of money to buy houses of people who are selling them, but is that happening? If that happens then, it denies your daughter or my daughter mm. or son or any ordinary person uh, a chance to get on the, on the ladder as well. So you have to get balance in all of these issues. Then uh, the other aspect of it, they're saying that they, look, they haven't dealt with uh, they haven't dealt with with, with the, the, the REITs and all the big massive landlords came in. I detest those people. They're only here for quick money. They came in, bought up estates and everything, and still want to buy them. And so is at their behest, I think they're changing, <laughs> making this change. So you're Not saying behest. it's at their behest as opposed to the accidental landlords? Yes, and yes, yes. The ordinary people of Ireland right. don't seem to matter to this could, government. Could they not have phased this out in some way? Would yes, that have yes. not have been more yes, humane, yes. at least? Yes. They're saying the Attorney General's advice, but look, you can get ten different people who could have been Attorney General. Look, so you can get ten different eminent... Well, I, I wonder about that advice, women. because I think, is it not based on the fact that if, you know, if there is an economic reason for a ban on evictions that it, it applies and it's simple as that. Fran, 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 look, I'm in the high course too often to be honest but I mean you can get a, a, the, the wig gentlemen or ladies and you could get t- 10 different ones that have 10 different opinions. Yes. So I mean it's very subjective when you have one AG, this is his opinion. We're never, 
as opposition, even as part group leaders, we're never given sight of the of, of the Attorney General's uh, um, uh, reasons. We'll right, never but, get the opportunity the, to meet him. But the simple view on it is that I mean, so long as it's not a, a definitive um, a ban on on a, 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 sorry where evictions are concerned, ban on evictions, that it, it can be used, it can be applicable. It can, yes, and, and as I said, um, they need to have this flushed out. Mm. And by Sinn Féin rushing in, putting down a motion now Tuesday night and, and voting it, but what's it going to do? The government will vote it down. Well, but, they're, but they're rushing in because there are people. I mean, you've heard them on national radio and TV. Oh, of people. course I have. Of course I have. We had the opportunity of using that in our, 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 our... We had the opportunity of putting down a motion once every seven weeks, I think, so we didn't do it. I'm just saying, we're living in the real world. Right. And and I must be fair. I'll so, be in, 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 where the vote is concerned, there, where how would you vote, and how I'd would your group? I have to consider vote? my opinion. I've, I have voted so far to to maintain it all along. But as I said, I have too many stories now, and right. uh, it needs to be fleshed out. We need to see the meat on the bones, and we need to see uh, hope for people out there. To go back to we're never going to provide but a quarter you, million you houses. Might, you might vote with the government on this. I voted with the government on something uh, this week. I'm not. Right, but, but where, where this is concerned, chance. you might do that. I haven't decided. And a mm. group. I mean, we're independent, but a group will yeah. meet. And but you see, Fianna Fáil backbenchers now and uh, Green backbenchers saying, ah, you know. <laughs> they but when it comes to the board. When, I know, there are only several rattling. And I was one of those hail fellows well met. The several rattling, they'll, they'll all troop into the lobby or they'll be onto me looking for a pair or something. But they'll, they'll get out of that. That's only semantics. And I, I look, it's, that's only playing games with people's lives. This is too serious an issue. And I mean, we must support small builders. We must allow them to go on. Right. We must allow people in, again in the country. Somebody here wondering, why is Matty supporting landlords? Lord. I'm not supporting them, not. To get that wrong, I'm supporting, as I said, that that family in Australia with their own hard-earned cash, sweat and blood, bought their property, now can wanted to come home to get their family into schools here, now want to, couldn't because of three years, two and a half years of COVID, now they want to come home and they can't get, they can't get access to their own home. Are, are you a landlord yourself? No, I'm not. Right. Oh, that's one thing. I'm clearly not a landlord. No, I'm not. Yeah. But I'm meeting both sides of the, of, of the... And I've never sat down with the REITs. They have no interest in me and those big companies because I detest them and they know I've spoken out against them. There was vulture funds and all that. I detest them with every fibre of my body. So, But all the landlords are some accidental, some incidental, small landlords. Without those, we've lost 27,000 landlords all through this in the last couple of years. It's not easy to replace them. The same frenzy was around and parties on the left, remember, were shouting as well to get rid of the bedsits. They wiped off 10,000 places for people to say, oh, wait, it wasn't ideal. They weren't as big as this this, 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 yeah. this studio room here. But by God, they were a help. What are you saying? Better than nothing? A roof over your head, of course. And and he, a warm and heat. I start to suck my land a hopper. It's shocked in the gale, good friend. But I'm just making the point that um, we must be realistic here in understanding. And the rubble rouse and go back from it and the high drama and the doll. We must look at this sensibly. How are we going to go forward? How are we ever going to get that quarter million houses that the Chisha was talking about that we need if we don't have the well, small he, business? He's saying that he's going to turn the corner on that he's this year. Do you, look, look, I don't do you not think He's so? 11 years now they haven't turned the corner. Housing minister, successive one, Alan Kelly and Cluda, failed miserably because look, uh, with saying all that, they brought in more and more and more regulations of all kinds and a higher BER rates, everything else. And some of them are good, but some of the regulations are just stupid and nonsensical and make it much more expensive. The cost now, see the schools now is 9 or 11 or 20 and how many schools are put on hold Been well, waiting because of the cost of, 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 and of the I don't materials. have to tell you what aggravates the hell out of people is that they're marching around the town like Clonmel or Nina and they're saying they're seeing boarded up places that could oh, be homes. We're talking about Creek Corner now, we're talking about all those issues and I've invited the Vondry, some of the Vondry housing 
losing bodies down to Clarmont. To look at marketplace, to look at some of those places in Clarmont. I've raised that in the dawn recently. Didn't get too much support, mind you, about marketplace and the empty properties in Gladstone Street and Anne O'Connor Street. And I praised, and I always will, the hard working shop give open doors doors every morning of the week, seven, mm. six days a week, some seven, and, and pay and good staff yeah. trying to get well, those open. Paying rates and getting nothing else. Marketplace is being destroyed at the moment. Of course it is. And we'll end up like Clarmont Arms. And now look at Clarmont Arms. Yeah. Greed again has that the way it was. There was a buyer buying that, and 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 there was shenanigans in, from there. Well, we we don't know yeah. about that, but I mean, no, there were certainly issues that stopped it from. Were you surprised with the president weighing in? By the way, on the Catholic Primary Schools Management Association's call for transgender issues not to be taught in schools, he said that schools must teach sex education in its fullest, and those who fail to provide it should be punished. Very strong words there, Matty. What, what did you make of that? None of his business. Yeah, he's there too. How is he going to assist any legislation? When we well, he's, come... he's the head of state. No, no, yeah, he is, but his very important role is to adjudicate on legislation that we might, and I, for the time being, I say me, we, as a, when I'm elected, uh, debate legislation, scrutinise it, put a final bill in place, get it passed. It goes to Oakton here and then to assess with his legal people as well. How is he going to make an objective judgment? Mm. His hands are all over this now. He's, he's destroyed his own uh, position. And he's, he's disrespected his office. He's overshot his office because of his now, uh, his now, you know, views that he is now in life. I mean, this is a huge, uh, very emotive, going to be very emotive, but uh, early days in this debate, and uh, the president has no business uh, waiting in that. Like, punish? How are you going to punish people? What's he talking about? How serious is what he called for, as far as you're concerned? I mean, should he look at his position over this? Do you yes, think? certainly, because he's aware of his, aware of his depth, aware, sorry, not of his depth, aware of his place constitutionally. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but I know the president. Interfering in politics. Yes. Saying, yes. I mean, talking about punishment. The man, should he, I like, have to question him on other things. So recently, probably six months ago, there was a slaughter of, 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 in a church in Nigeria, and he put it down to climate change. It was purely sectarian uh, tribes that are out there killing. This is going on every, every day of every week. And our president decided to make a statement that it was because of climate change. Couldn't be why. I mean, I don't know why he's making those kind of statements. And I liked Michael D. I walked with him in the door, and I mm. walked home when I would him just caught up with him walking home from 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 the door out to his place and with Grand Chan. Different names. We always spoke a bit of Irish. Bumped into him when I was in Hollies one time in Mam Cross, of all places in the world of, of a fair day. I, I, I went to his bedroom there, but I just bumped into him. And but he's way out of his depth here. Look, the Irish Muslim Council. Right, but uh, is this a reason for him to, to step down? Do you think? It's he's crossed the line. Rubicon clearly here because how is he going to if he's still president right. or maybe he knows I don't know how much is left and is, is it two years or what's left maybe he knows there'll be no legislation because he cannot possibly adjudicate on the bill it'll have to go up to the arms be- because of his view how could he he said be punished if they don't do what what he says uh, that he says now he's preaching no. from a high that if the, if the schools don't do this even the Irish Muslim Council supports the position of the Catholic uh, Primary School Management uh, Association about the teaching of gender especially well, issues in primary well, schools well of course they would I mean that would be their, their yeah but I mean it's not all well look there's rights I believe look this uh, debate has to be had here, but we need to uh, stall the horses here. There's a mad push here now to do all of these things in a hurry. We must get uh, families on board. We must respect the families as well. I think that uh, this is time enough for secondary school, certainly, or at a very early sixth mm. class, very early. Children yeah. and, uh, I, I, I'm mixed on it, to be honest with you, with you Matthew, because the main thing that, that bothers me is that they have access to all this stuff on smartphones or kids' smartphones anyway, so maybe they need it to, to be informed. Right, that's one thing, but some of the Catholic, uh, some of the primary uh, school um, curriculums now, and books in the library and everything else, they're boarding on porn. Nothing short of it. 
they're disgraceful. I think that, 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 that we're paying public officials for putting those together and doing that at the moment without any consent from any government and putting this into, into Matt's page 11 and Matt's, Matt's book you've, you've all about, you know, you know what. You expect the next book to be about Matt's. Listen, we've been fed with this morning, noon, and night. Are we not in different times than the times you and I grew up in? Yeah, certainly. That there's so much information out there that maybe a teacher could make sense of it for kids. And to teachers I've spoken to, and many have come to me, and I'm getting calls from all over the country and and beyond. They don't want this. this. No, they they haven't been consulted about with it. It fit them better to get better uh, education in school, as better facilities in school. At the same time, this is happening. This nonsense, as I call it, from Rama Foley, I'm surprised with her. She's also put an alternate. There's 20 schools and how many construction projects that people are waiting for 20, 30 years. And they've just halted them now because she says cost of living. And the same with the uh, same with uh, same with uh, dealing with the eviction mm. man. The teacher if put his efforts into homing, housing people, but not all these glassy statements. And are you saying that? Let's take trans issues. For, yes. If that's making headlines, are you saying that it's overpowering something else, or uh, that it's hiding something else that is more important, as far as you're concerned? Is of it? course, it is. I mean, uh, the basic uh, skills in education. I talked to secondary school, uh, sorry, primary school principals. I spoke to one, I won't say where, recently in a big school, a mixed school, and, and, and uh, he said, the damage that's been done for the two and a half years with COVID and people at home, access to computers, having both parents working home, constant screens, constant everything else. And that's what we need to deal with for a number of years, to try and re-educate those people, get them up to where they were in the standards of education. Look, friend, the science hasn't been settled on gender dysphoria yet, and, and it has, it, look, it, it's naturally a lot of concern about the materials that are being taught to our young children, especially young children. OK, well, again, very mixed reaction from our listeners over the last few days while we were discussing this. Uh, we're just about out of time, Matty, but will you talk to me about the uh, Liam Lynch uh, commemoration that's happening? It's a rather special one, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, look, it's uh, 100 years on the, on the yeah. 10th of April that he was shot in 19... Uh, when he was shot in Knock Me Down Mountains. And, and we have all of that went documented and we yeah. commemorate every year. The Newcastle uh, Commemoration Committee are there since 1934. And they said about building a fitting memorial. And it's one of the best, finest memorials in the country. And, and uh, there was a committee of 12 which my late dad was giant treasurer with, with, with Marcy O'Gorman, and there was a, a full committee. And the money they got, and we have the records, and I love to see them now, we have records of the getting money for the appeal to America for funds, and they got a half crown and a shilling or whatever. There was a lot of money that time, but all the money came in those kinds of small amounts. The bronze wolfhounds in Weddington, uh, they were put on wolfhounds at the time because they ran out of money, and they made a second appeal, which was carried in papers in New York and places, mm. which we have as well, will be all on display at the weekend. Then we set about with a national committee, uh, a group from all different parties, and none in '96 to put on the wolfhounds. And Onerchin uh, McCone was, this, was the was the uh, yes. was the designer, uh, uh, the, the architect, and and Pauline right. O'Connell was was the sculptor. And we will look at this in in lots of detail. I know you will. I know but we've a weekend. Cheers, and we appreciate Ali coming out yeah. to us on Monday morning to talk to the committee. Yeah. Hard work in here, and ten thousand people attended. Up to ten thousand people attended. And buses from all over the country in 1934 when the yeah. was unveiled. Uh, my late uncle, Morgan McBride, brought up in the Hostel Care up to Pat. Remember, there was no road up to it. Course, to walk yeah, from Newcastle up the mountain road to Kylie, up across and the mountain. It's a large round years. tower just for people who might be too oh, familiar with it. It's well worth high. having a look. Isn't it certainly it, yeah. is one of yeah. the finest in the country. Remember, that was built in by locals from uh, Belly Bake and Newcastle, Alfin and Grange. Man to man, stone to stone, no machinery, no road up. 
pulleys and cranes bringing up every stone up to that and the labour of love that they built it in over a year. So between April 8th and uh, April 10th, uh, they, that's the Easter, Easter Saturday, we have, we yeah. we have uh, guided walks, sorry, bus tours, okay. which go reach into the Nile Valley and into, out to Blandes almost halfway to Dungarvan and back into the Republican Cottage in Denial where those meetings will take place, back into Lasher Foam right. and Water, back into Newcastle and up to the Monument. All right, I must, I must go, Matty, bus but tours. We, we will go into this in, in far, far more detail. I'm looking forward to that weekend as well. Thanks Thanks very much indeed for coming Thank in you. to us today, Maddie. We'll take a break back with more. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie all right, you're very welcome back, and our, our own Andrew Luby is with me in studio. It's as well the mics aren't on oh, during the break, is man. It? it really, really is indeed. Well, what are you going to talk to us about today? Um, well, it's your idea, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's call a spade a spade. Well, it was because I've been listening in to you, and the kids sound okay, fantastic. So, let's, so we, I said, we, put them all together. You know, we, let's, we, let's listen to we, we, we've had the kids on uh, for quite a while now. I go to school. You're such a spoiler. <laughs> what of a spoiler? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, look, you know. That's what you're ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had the kids on. on on breakfast every yeah. morning and you, you've said to me for quite a while we'd love to do something on that on a Friday and I was going really would you think so and he's, you say yeah we kind well, of put the kettle on and, so good and, yeah, yeah sometimes I just hear kind of in the background and it makes me smile and stuff mm. and yeah I think you're probably right like um, they're always brilliant the kids at the school are brilliant and equally the kids that we bring on to play the game that we had been doing up until recently we were doing this thing called uh, what are the kids talking about and it's always funny to get the kids on and of course you know you don't know what they're going to come out with mm. and it's always it's always good well that's part of it isn't it well, sure, yeah. that's what it's all about really isn't it um, so what we've done is uh, we've, we've changed it up a little bit and what we've started to do is just go to the schools and just have the kids talking about different things and mm. all that and between now and the time that I finish up here I think we'll let the kids do the I talking so. will we Great, so uh, yeah. Corville National School we can play a few of these I asked them about their favourite treat what do you like? a Kit Kat so how do you eat your Kit Kat? do you break it into pieces or what do you do? break it into pieces what about the chunky ones? Um. you prefer the normal ones would you? yeah um, ice cream. Any particular type? Mm, cookie dough. Cookie dough. Oh, nice. Do you like the Ben and Jerry's ones, do you? Yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? Twirl. They go all over the place when you eat those, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, twirls are nice. Anybody else got one for me? A Snickers. Oh, Snickers. Anybody know what they used to be called before they were Snickers? Do you know that they were called a marathon? Um, Oreos and milk. Okay, Oreos and milk. So they, do, do you ever dip them in tea? No. Just milk? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Before you go to bed, is it? Cookies and milk. Cookies and milk, you like. <laughs> no, the I best mean, of healthy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Great, and yeah. and we, we love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, very often, uh, I'll kind of head into the school. And, I mean, look, to be fair, you'd like to be prepared about what you're going to speak to them about. And I'd write down a few things. Mm. And it ends up being different things. Right, because I, I, you let them dictate. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. And, and some of it some of it is, is, is funny and... Uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. And actually, what's interesting is too, and again, we'll let the kids do the talking in a minute. Uh, some of the very shy kids, when you go in, they kind of go, I don't want to talk I said, there's no problem. You don't have to talk to me at all. 10 or 15 minutes in, the hand is up and they want to talk. And actually, it's great for their confidence. And of yeah. course, they love hearing themselves on the radio. And of course, the thing that happens too is sometimes I play it back uh, on after recording them there and they go that's not me I don't sound, I don't sound like that do you know do you know that kind of yeah, a, a, a feeling as well uh, favourite movies TV show Corville National School again I enjoy watching Sonic Prime on Netflix oh I must check that it's, a non, it's on Netflix is it uh, yeah it came out last year I think yeah they made three films of them I love watching Home Alone because they do really funny stuff 
I enjoy watching The Lion King and I acted as Scar in it in the school play. Was that brilliant fun? Yeah. James Bond. Which are the James Bond ones now? I don't know. Time to Die one. So it's Daniel Craig that you like? Yeah. I enjoy watching Fast and Furious. Oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? Do you love the cars? Yeah. Been loads of those, hasn't there? Yeah. How many is there? There's been seven or eight of them. Like nine. Are you serious? You like that too? You do? Yeah. Have you seen all nine? Uh, I've seen most of them. My favourite show is Stranger Things. Oh, we love that in my house. Yeah, I love Stranger Things. I've already watched all four seasons. I can't yeah. wait till season five. Yeah, me, myself and my son Harry, we love those as well. We watched all of those as well. Okay, we got one more. My favourite movie is The Grinch because it's Christmas and he's so funny. He goes, bye-bye, Santa, or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mm. They're so much smarter than we were at that age. They're so much. They're they're eloquent and they're together, aren't they? Certainly smarter than I was. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, they're they're fantastic, yeah. and uh, they have to, again. I'm kind of going back over it. They have that bit of confidence, and if they don't have it when you go in, they end up saying, you, yeah, you know, yeah. they watch they watch their peers doing it. And they go, oh, that's not too difficult. Maybe I could do that, and I'd like to shut up at something. And uh, they're very funny. So just different subjects mm. that we do. Um, so that was TV shows and stuff. Uh, well, I asked them what they were going to be when they grow up. Um, no, what I've got here is oh, holiday. Oh, oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, let's three. go with this. Okay. I want to be a soccer player because I really like playing soccer. I want to be a vet when I grow up because I love animals. My favourite animal is a capybara, but I like all animals. I would like to be a vet when I grow up. Is it because you love animals too? No, it's because my cat actually died um, like two years ago and from an uncurable disease, so I want to be a vet. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What was your cat's name? Chaplin. I want to be a horse rider because I love doing inventing and I can jump a meter. I'd like to be a jockey because I like horses and racing. What about yourself? Um, I want to be a farmer because my dad is a farmer at his house and he's. I just like like all the animals. You They're like my favourite. What about the early morning? They don't bother me. I would like to be a professional soccer player because my favourite soccer player is Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'd like to be a dance teacher and an actress when I grow up because I love being other people and I love to dance. When I grow up, I would like to be a professional kickboxer because I enjoy playing kickboxing. Oh, they're all so smart. Nobody wanted to be a radio presenter. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wonder why. I think they heard about the wages or something. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's a funny thing. Um, like, isn't it lovely, actually, if you think about it, and, and all those dreams that you would have when you're mm. a child and all, and uh, I really hope all this stuff comes true for them. But isn't it lovely to have that kind of... Uh, uh, it's, it's great. And still, sense. you never know what they're going to say. The poor kid lost the cat. I know. You know, I, know. I know, that breaks my heart. Uh, I know, I know. You you went yeah, to, you looked yeah. at me with, oh, no, I know. Uh, dream holidays. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a quick listen to this one, yeah? I would like to go to um, Brazil because I think it's really nice and I think it's really hot there. I'd like to go to uh, Canada because that's where my uncle lives and I haven't seen him in four years. So I'd like to see him again. My mum and dad went there for their honeymoon. They went to Mexico and Canada. I'd love to go to England because some of my family is in there. But my, I think my mother and my other, like the rest of my family has been. My favourite holiday was when I went to America. Where, where in America? New York and Orlando. Wow. I would love to go to Croatia because my auntie is having a wedding in Croatia in another, like, year, and I'm going over, so I'm very excited to go to Croatia. Oh, that'll be great fun, won't it? Yes. I would like to go to Russia during the winter because there's a lot of snow. 
Um, my dream holiday is to go to Florida Space Center because you'll get to see the launch pad and all, and how the rocket is built. You'll see the, one of the a replica of the moon rocket. Yeah, but you're going there, aren't you? Yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, three weeks time. Are you very excited? Yes. Oh man, that sounds like a fantastic holiday. That's going to be the holiday of a lifetime. It is. It cost thousands to go there, so it'll be once a lifetime. <laughs> cost thousands to go. I'm sure it did. But it'll be well worth it, won't it? Yeah. How long have you been saving up for it? I have no clue. You've no clue. It's not my money. It's not your money. I thought that. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, I love them. I just love them as Brilliant. well. Brilliant. He's a darling. Yeah, yeah. He's an absolute we, darling. We, we went to Clonay. They're going to. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to Galbally. <laughs> And that was only just to get a cone. We didn't even spend. We didn't stay overnight. Um, Very good. That's, I love that's them. the kids. Yeah. If we have time, there's one more. Do you from see the... now why I asked you to do? That. Yeah, no. Yeah, when you listen, when you listen them together, and when you listen together, they're yeah. they're fantastic. I mean, I know they are. They're, they're brilliant. It's just I suppose I'm so close to it now. Mm. This stage. I would do one more from Carville. Will we just yeah, before yeah, we move on? This, yeah. uh, ask them who they admire. I admire Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. Oh, back to football again. What about yourself? Uh, Messi too. Okay, all right, all footballers again. Um, I admire Jen Ortega because she's a fit, like she does loads of movies. I admire Richard Blackenberg because she also does horse riding and racing and lots of other sports. Yeah, she's brilliant, isn't she, Rachel? She's fantastic. Okay. I admire Magnus Carlsen because he's a chess grandmaster and I play chess myself and I love chess. Okay. I admire Alexander Graham Bell. He was the person who invented the telephone. I admire George Mottershead because he made the first British Zoo out bars, which means he habit exhibits for animals in the zoo where they had lots of space and not being small cages. Very admire Bubbles Dwyer. Bubbles, yeah, and he's at return from the hurling now, isn't he? Yeah. I admire Paulie Meyer because he's a professional hurler. Uh, I admire Erling Hallam because he's a professional soccer player. Um, I admire Neil Armstrong because he's the first ever man that touched the moon. Right, uh, I'd love to have seen your you face see? when they said about the chess master. Yeah, and like, and, and if it was me, I was then I'd admire Alf because he's on telly and he's hairy and he runs around and he eats his dinner off the ground. Do you know what I mean? So there you go. Like they, they're uh, far more intelligent than, yes, than the I likes of you and me. A chess master, isn't yeah, it's fantastic altogether. Right. Uh, and fair play to Corbel, marvelous school, isn't it? Oh, fantastic really school! Really but they're all fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. you know something? The teachers and the people that we organise with—they're so welcoming, and I mean yeah, that. I know. I, know, I just I know. really, really mean that. They're fantastic. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. At Lizen Hall National School, I've just got a couple from them. So these are a couple just from a week or two ago. So I spoke to them about pancakes for Pancake Tuesday. What do you like in your pancakes? Nutella and fruit. And yourself? Nutella and strawberries. Um, honey and jam. Chocolate spread. Chocolate spread. What do you like in your pancakes? Nutella and maple syrup. And maple syrup. That's lovely too. Does everybody love chocolate in their pancakes? Yeah. No. No, not everybody. What do you like? Bananas. Bananas. Oh, that's very healthy. What do you like? Hot chocolate. Can you put hot chocolate on a pancake? Wow. Ice cream. Oh, that's a brilliant one. Ice cream. Butter. Did you put butter in your pancakes? Yeah. Does that taste nice? Banana and syrup. Syrup is lovely. I love syrup too. Hey, how are you? What do you like? Chocolate and banana. Nutella. Nutella, just Nutella. 
Nutella and marshmallows. Oh, marshmallows is a good one. What do you like on your pancake? Chocolate. Chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate. What do you like in your pancakes? Marshmallows and syrup. And syrup, too. Is that everybody? What does Andrew like on his pancakes? What do I like in my pancakes? Everything. It's just really messy, though. Lettuce. lettuce. I don't put lettuce on it. <laughs> no, I don't put broccoli or lettuce on it. I just, okay, all. No, 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 no. No, when I said when I said everything, I meant all the things you said all together, not lettuce and broccoli. I don't like butter. Oh well, I like a little bit of butter. I like what? People. I like people on my pancakes. <laughs> this is getting a little bit weird now. I have this oh. image of you running frantically mm. out of that school, pulling your hair out, mm. like you know. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they blackguard me. Like. They blackguard me, just like everybody, you know. Uh, they're they're fantastic. It's oh, good, good crack. We did one around the time too. We did one on Lent as well with Lizen Hall National School. What do you give up for Lent? Uh, money. You give up money? Yeah. Well, how do you give up money? Mm, you give it for people um, that don't have any money. Clothes. You give up clothes for Lent? You <laughs> stop wearing clothes? No, you keep some. Do you know what Lent is for? Do you know what you, you give up chocolate and sweets? I and don't. You don't? Does anybody ever at, uh, during Lent give anything up? Yeah. What are you, okay, what are you supposed to give up at Lent? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you. You give up me. What do you? What do you give? School. You give up school for Lent. I'll, yeah. I'll give up. Well, I'll give up you. You give up me as well. I think you don't know what Lent is about, do you? Go on, tell tell everybody. I give up chocolate and cakes. I you do. give up chocolate and cakes. Stand really properly for the radio. What Go on. Um, television. Tell. Are you going to give up television? Yeah. yeah. Promise. Okay, what are you going to give up? Cake. Cake. What are you going to give up? Chips. Chips. Are they your favourite things, are they? No. What are you going to give up? Pizza. What are you going to give up for Lent? Chocolate bar. Chocolate bars. Anybody else want to tell me what they're going to give up for Lent? Over here. I'm going to give up my Nintendo Switch. Okay, not forever. Just for Lent. Yeah. I like pizza. Yeah, but will you give up pizza? No. <laughs> what are you going to give up? I'll give up... Giving out. <laughs> no, I'll give up chicken nuggets and chips. I give up listening to 2FM. You're right, too. And will you start listening to a different radio station instead? Tip FM. Ah, give him a round of applause! <laughs> you coached that. Didn't didn't you? No, I didn't. You coached I, that. Listen to me. He just said that. I swear. He just <laughs> said that. And I couldn't believe it. Oh, it was honest crazy. to God. I didn't coach that. I know it sounds like I did, but I swear to God, I did not. I did not. So listen, just before we go, right, I had a few yeah. of these, but we'll just pick one randomly. So what we did then was we started to get the kids on to say, what are the kids talking about? So it was a different thing that we did about 10 okay. or 15 minutes later. So your kids would come on and say, oh, I think the kids were talking about such and such and such. I've had loads of those. Mm. Um, they're all excellent. So I just picked one randomly, and I think I'll leave you with this. It's Saoirse. Morning, Saoirse. How are you? Good. Did you did no, you get I'm in did, the other room. did you oh you're in the other room did you get lost off the phone yeah you did oh, was that maybe it was my fault was it <laughs> yeah, yeah I know okay how are you today good tell everybody where you're calling us from uh, Tipperary in Borussia oh, okay. yeah I knew you were in Tipperary so you're in Borussia it's uh, Saoirse Burke do you know any other famous Saoirse's uh, Saoirse Ronan Saoirse Ronan absolutely it's a lovely name isn't it how long do you have that name. <laughs> 
<laughs> what age are you? Uh, 11. Well, so then you have it 11 years. So it wasn't it wasn't that much of a silly question. You have it 11 years. What school do you go to? Uh, Barnard National School. Okay. Have we spoken before? Yeah. I think we have. Because I don't get too many searches on. I'm going to play this for you again. Listen very closely. Hang on. This is an Italian food. It comes with a lot of toppings. It's circle and it goes in a square box. Some uh-huh. people like pineapple on it. Like you... It's cut in triangles, and it's in a circle, and it goes in a square box, which is a bit strange, isn't it? What, what were they talking about today, Susha? Pizza. Ah, it's pizza. Of course it's pizza. Um, you're after winning our board game. That's yours for coming on chatting with us today. What time do you go to school at? Half eight. Half eight, all right. So listen, the lads, your friends at school are going to be saying, you were on the radio and you never mentioned us. You better give them a quick mention. Um, Maeve, Grace, Millie, and Freya. Okay, and anybody at home there that you want to mention too? Um, we were just standing right here pinting ourselves. Pinting? Uh, okay. We pinting ourselves and my dog and, and my brother, I suppose. Uh, what do you mean, you suppose? Like, he can be a bit annoying sometimes. He can be a bit annoying sometimes. What's his name? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Uh, he's not annoying, is he? Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're brilliant. Have a great day today, Saoirse. Thanks for chatting with us. Bye. See you later, uh, well, thank you. We needed to hear that on Jigsaw? the program with yeah, all of okay. the nonsense that goes on here okay, and people's right, worries. Okay. And so, isn't that great? To hear? Yeah, yeah. No, I listen, we, we we love doing. Will it. you continue to go out to the schools? Absolutely, yeah. uh, absolutely, and just uh, chat with the kids and do stuff. And I'd say to you, I've got a few schools lined up. And uh, but if anybody wants to contact us here. Uh, drop us a text, Stephen. I'll go through the text later on if there's... Um, I know they're probably at school now, but people are... Like principals, teachers and stuff will come and see you. Yeah, pa- parents. If parents of course, really yeah, they can organise it, yeah. as well. Well, listen, I, I, I told you that would be okay, just okay. fantastic altogether. Okay. Andrew, thanks very much indeed. That's our own Andrew Luby with you, of course, on Good Morning Tipperary from 6 o'clock every weekday morning. News and information's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Well, welcome along to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, I was asked to uh, read this as uh, Resilience Healthcare. They're recruiting a full-time team leader uh, for their temporary service and it's a full uh, permanent uh, 40-hour contract, I'm told. And uh, the story with them is they provide community and residential care for individuals with intellectual, physical and sensory uh, disabilities and autism as well. So they're giving you um, an opportunity, I suppose, to uh, work with them. Now, if you're interested in that, will you send your CV to careers at resilience.ie or you can make contact with John there on 86 and Emma will have that number if you require it. But that's Resilience Healthcare and the base there outside of Cashel. 1800-938-007. Now it's time for our Friday panel. And I'm delighted to introduce our panel to you today. Carl Clancy is with us, columnist with the Nationalist. Paula Carney Hofter is with us, Data Protection Officer. Her own business is Irish Data Protection Association and Academy. And uh, Alison Devere Hunt is with us of Cashel Martin. You're all extremely welcome. And thanks for coming in to us today. We didn't have it on, on the list but just off air there we were making reference to uh, the um, uh, the evictions and uh, the uh, banning of uh, a ban or the getting rid of the ban on evictions. Alison, would you take that for me first of all? What, what do you make of what's happening there? Well, I think, say, the country's in turmoil, every department, um, but the housing, like, we're bringing more and more people in, we've nowhere to put them and 
we've, you know, our homeless rates are growing all the time and we're not putting anything in place to, to deal with it. We're going to have more people out living on the street because of this. Um, I just think it's crazy. Mm. You know, I really do. I think... Do you think it should be phased out if it had to uh, be rethought in some way? Should it have well, been phased we, out? Well, I think we, you know, need to put provisions in place. They're yes. not in place. They're not going to be in place overnight. So, definitely, I think it's, you know, we're not talking about an accidental landlord with a house here or there. We're really mm. talking well, about... Well, they are included in it, Alison. They friends, are, yeah. but in fairness, they make up a very small minority yeah. of it. They're leaving in their droves. You know, who would want to be an accidental landlord, really, um, with the level of tax that's paid? You know, there's nothing in it. But it's the vulture funds, really, you know, that I think and are they protecting being protected here. here in I some think way. so. Do you, do you, you think, know, yeah. say, like Michael Noonan, you know, the vultures bring so much... Like, it's ridiculous. We were, we need to change the record. It's going on too long. Right, Paula, what about this? Because the government are saying, well, look, the eviction ban was there, but it did nothing about the housing, no, uh, the homeless numbers and that sort of thing. What, what do you make of what's happening? Well, they didn't do anything about the housing crisis, so it falls on them. I think um, the, the Taoiseach yesterday made a statement, something like, oh, we'll have to look at a solution. You know, you need to have a solution in place before you create a bigger problem and evicting people from homes. And I saw some of the interviews on the, the television mm. yesterday evening, and it's heartbreaking. Imagine a family with small children going out into weather like this, being evicted into something like this. You know, so it's, you know, it, the government is responsible for this. They need to have something in place before they pull the rug under these people because you're going to have significant problems and we're going to see people at risk, significant risk. And it's not, it's going to be elderly, it's going to be sick people, it's going to be young children. You know, it, I think it's disgraceful. Mm. Carl, what are your thoughts on uh, on this, the removal of the eviction ban? I, I have to agree with the, the two ladies here uh, yeah. that the removal of the eviction ban is uh, ill-timed, ill-thought. Um, I think that the minister was uh, had it put to him recently that you put an eviction ban in place and housing went up by 28,000 and still the numbers of homeless and an emergency accommodation rose. So even with an eviction ban and with extra housing, you still had homelessness increase. So that tells us that you haven't addressed the two things that needed to be addressed in the first place, which were the availability of more housing, which is the, the single Mm, mm. That's what it's all about. Most that's obvious a, that's, thing. That's but also the, 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 the idea that the government is saying, oh, it's it's impossible to make more houses because we haven't got the land, we haven't got the this, we haven't got the that. There was a professor who was talking about it uh, during the week and he was saying that we've had the land and our town planning hasn't changed any time in the last two generations. That if we wanted to, we could make this happen. The reason that we don't want to is because the vested interests don't want the artificially inflated house prices to come down. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Yeah, um, in terms of what to do about it, I mean, again, I heard this thing that we'll turn the corner on housing this year, um, even though we're talking about, what is that? They quarter, were turning the corner million, last year yeah. and the year before too, Fran. Yeah. Like, they're there talking to the capuchin saying you need to be, you know, prepared. There's going to be more. And they're talking about foreign nationals coming in, not even who's already here. You know, they're talking about the same amount of immigrants coming in this year. We can't look after what we have. Our infrastructure is broken. So how, you know, we can't, yeah. we can't fix this solution 
like overnight. And now, we now, you can... know what they'll tell you is that, you know, making room for asylum seekers or indeed for Ukrainian refugees is running in parallel to our housing issues, that it's 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 a separate issue altogether. Yeah, and it's not, not affecting the numbers. Issue. Of... Like, is the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog? You don't accept that? Not at all. But you're a blind man on a galloping horse could see it's not a separate issue. Like, mm. at the end of the day, it's, it's human beings, it's bodies, regardless yes. of where you come from. If you bring more people in and you don't have the proper housing for the people that are already here, of course you're going to be in turmoil. And our our hospitals are a perfect example. Our GPs, like anyone trying to get into a GP, yes. it's ridiculous. Across the board, it's, you know, yeah, kids getting into school. With very few exceptions in the Doyle, I mean, there seems to be, a, you know, an all-party, with, with some exceptions, an all-party um, agreement on where... Uh, welcoming people in as far is concerned and our obligation to house people, Paula. How, how do you feel about that? Well, we do have an obligation to welcome people in. You know, it, it's part of what we are with the European Union as well and where we're taking, you know, our share of, of, of people in who need support. You know, we, we wouldn't not do that. But our government is not doing anything about the infrastructure to support this coming in. Like, you know what I mean? Ukrainian people in tents. Like, seriously. Like, that's mm. ridiculous. You know, it's, 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 you know, they're probably better off back in the Ukraine to a certain degree because they might have a house there. You know, this is the problem. What are we doing? We're doing nothing. Mm. But we're also allowing undocumented people in. And now they've come out and said any undocumented people will be can work within six months of being here. We don't know the history of, you know, these people. They, they boarded a plane with a passport. So what's the problem? And with they didn't have a passport when, when they, they arrived when they here. Arrived, like, yeah. I wouldn't do that, but I don't have anything to hide. You know, and I'm not saying that all of them have something to hide, but it is ridiculous. We're talking thousands now. It's not the right. odd one or Carol, two. Carol, do you want a final word on this before we before we move on? I don't think there's... I've got an awful lot to add to what the, the ladies have said. Mm. It just, it's very simple. We don't have the infrastructure. If I have a house and it's got three bedrooms and I've got each of those bedrooms occupied and then I bring another family in, I've either got to build more rooms or we've all got to double up and everybody's going to be discommoded. If I bring another family in, I have to build more rooms because at some point it's going to get to the point where nobody has any facility because you won't have enough cooking facilities, you won't have enough sleeping facilities, washing facilities. Expand that out to a nation. We either build more or have less people. All right. Uh, to move on, a referendum on gender equality and removing a constitutional reference to a woman's place being in the home will be held in November. Now, this is Article 41.2. It contains a recognition that by her life within the home, women gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. And this is the interesting one. And that the state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of the duties in the home. But should it be removed and, if so, replaced with what? Paula, do you want to take this, uh, first of all, the wording of that, first of all, let's start there. That's um, ensuring that mothers should not be obliged by economic necessity. They didn't really sort of follow up on that over the years. No, they? they did not. Actually, before there's a change in this in the Constitution in the 41, um, I'd like to put in my claim for reparations in relation to payments <laughs> for services rendered to the state by working yes. in the home as a mother and, you know, as a mm. carer. So I'd, and for your I'd own like mother, to, I'm sure. And for my yeah. mother yeah. and, you know, my sister and, mm. you know, my nieces and so forth. So what's the... Does anybody know what the procedure for that is? Is there a form that we can fill out? Do we go to... Does revenue going to give us tax credits for it? You know, 
joking aside, actually, it's not really joking. I'd love to know what they're going to do about it. Um, I think it needs to change. Yes, society is different. Mm. We are different today than what we were 40, 50 and years ago. And if so, should we thrown out altogether or are we talking about a replacement here? And if we're talking about a replacement here, what wording sort of, I mean, how would it be dealt with properly, do you think? I think it's really a wording thing. It's not just, It's. it shouldn't be gender bound. Do you know what I mean? A mother... Yeah, because you know, there might be a, a, it could a guy be a dad, at home who's looking or it could be a carer, or, or it could yeah. be, you know what I mean, whatever. You know, whoever is there supporting the home and keeping the home going while the other partner is out working, or or maybe, you know, that's that's how it should be worded. Yeah, you know, taking the gender away from it makes it more fluid, it's it's more available, and it covers everybody, and it's an in, more of more of an inclusive society, I would mm. I'd kind of say. So I definitely think it needs to change, but, uh, you know... Are they going to change the rest of the wording about, you know, you know, supporting us and, you know, making sure we're looked after well, and well, we're supporting the, the and, and at the end of the day, will it mean anything, seeing that they didn't exactly act on the wording that was there to begin with? I mean, does, does it really matter, you Is know? Is it just words? Um, I noticed you brought in the Constitution with I you. Did, that was yeah. bedtime reading last night, was it? Was, it was, yeah. I haven't read it in quite a long time. There's uh, quite a lot of it I'd like to change, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with that another day. I'll little, redline little, it for little, you. Little steps and all of that. Carl, um, as the gentleman on the panel today, what, what do you make of what's there, first of all? Well, um, as a single dad, because I've been a single dad now for 10 years, part-time single dad, because I split that with my Mm -hmm. ex-wife, I would love if somebody was to say to me, you don't have to go to work. Mm. You don't have to um, provide that, you know, we're going to help and we're going to take care of you. I don't see that happening anytime in the near future. It would be lovely if it did. I'm sure uh, any of the other single moms out there, single dads out there would go, yeah, do you know what? It would be lovely if we could have five minutes where we didn't have to go to work. But you do. Mm. And I think in our society now, because it's changed so much, yeah, I'd probably change the wording, all right. I'd probably change it to person. Mm. If it's probably the only time you're ever going to hear me kind of wax lyrical on gender neutrality. That right. If it's people. We're humans first. Okay, and, and society uh, uh, has changed. When uh, this was drafted in the thirties, there was yeah. no chance that it was going to be a man staying home. Right, so it's of its time, yeah. obviously as well. But the essence of there that the state is obliged to look after people who are in the homes should that be retained in some way? I think that if you look at the 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 de facto um, state of of play, we have a social welfare system that does provide for taking care of single moms, single dads, to a certain extent, not particularly very well. Um, So has it not already been implemented in that way? But, I mean, look at even the the pension issues for somebody who took time out of work to be in the home, for example. I mean, what what protection was there for them? uh, Absolutely none. I think that if you're going to say that we're going to protect people, then you either have to... uh, it's all in or not at all. So it's right across the board. Alison, what, you said an interesting thing to me off air where you said that, you know, this could be even a, a smokescreen for, for other changes to the Constitution, do you? Well, they're talking about a change to Article 40 as well, which, say, is about citizens' rights. So you just wonder, you know, like, to be honest, if you said to me, I'd love a referendum. I'd love a referendum on our neutrality. Mm. I think that that's something that's really so at I. the core. Yeah. I... There, I'm I'm quite kind of undecided as to why they're bringing this referendum this year. Uh, you know, it's it hasn't been 
you know, a hot topic mm. in recent times. And I definitely think there is a smoke screen. There's always a smoke screen. And I think the wording will be very important to read when the information starts to be delivered to people's homes because they've kind of brought things in behind the scenes before. They've ch made changes. So with this current government, they're not living by the constitution generally. You know, they're not, we are not a neutral country as it stands. Mm. So I definitely think there's going to be something brought in and I think it will be, you know, citizens' rights and I think if they do take away the rights of the woman in this, even though that was never put into practice, mm. you know, mm. like, and to be honest, I definitely, like, people don't have the opportunity now to stay at home with their kids. Mm. When this, say, legislation was drafted, it was a time when one income mm. would support a house, one income would pay a mortgage. And you could have a home. You could have a home. Yeah. And everyone's entitled to a home. And the thing is, there are people breaking their backs, working really hard. They'll never be on the property ladder. And I think that's a huge issue. And I can't understand how the government actually are still standing. And I, one, one thing I do say find quite compelling, well, not compelling, I suppose that's the wrong word, but quite, say, strange. I'm the kind of woman who believes if you can do the job, you do it. If you can't, step aside. It's this gender quota, all of it. But this is the first time I've kind of gone, right, we have all men are, you know, mm. pushing at the moment. It's all Eamon Ryan, it's Michal Martin, it's Leo Varadkar. You know, they're not, say, they might be parents, but they're not mothers. They're not women. There's a huge erosion of women going on at the moment. Mm. Um, so I definitely think, I don't trust it. But but there's opportunities, and we're going slightly off topic, but there's opportunities for women to vote for women, and quite often that opportunity isn't taken, Alison, you know? That's true, there is, but I suppose... At the top, they're still predominantly men. Yeah. You know, I say of the standing government. Mm. You have Mary Lou, the head of Sinn Féin. Mm. You have Holly Cairns You have, well, say, yeah. Holly Cairns now, mm. which I think is really kind of shaking things up. There's mm. a lot of angry politicians in Leinster House at the moment with, say, her appointment. And I think that's a good thing. Mm. You know, like oftentimes when people are, when Brendan Howland, you know, is speaking about her last week, they're afraid. Mm. They're not happy. And that's why, the way they should be, because they've been too comfortable. They've pushed through at their own agendas and it's not been to the betterment of our society. Mm. And I, I can't understand really why this referendum on this is coming up. I think we've much more right. important topics. Well, whatever about the timing of it, though, and whatever about the more important topics, do you think it should be changed at the end of the day? I think I don't I do agree with Carol in relation to person. I do think that things have changed. There are a lot mm. of men now mm. that are the primary carer for children. In general, I think that should pretty much stand apart from that. Mm. But I think it should be implemented because I think there are so many, say, women more so than men really going out to work and, you know, depriving themselves and their children of yes. quality time, especially when they're young. You know, when they're very young, as, as someone who is, you know, ha, um, has experience of this myself, you do grapple. Like, mm. to be honest, they're there and I don't want to go to crash. And you're like, I'd love to stay home with you, you know, but, you know, and you can but and they need that too. You know, they need mm. to be out mm. and interacting with others. But I think it's all come down to brass tacks, paying bills, hardship, you know, yeah. 
and I think children are I think children are losing out too yeah that's that's interesting Paula because a lot of very capable well when I say a lot in my circle of friends certainly three that springs to mind immediately very capable very bright women if they had the choice they would stay at home funnily enough Absolutely. I would have stayed at home with would my you? kids. Absolutely. I would have had more kids, actually, mm. as well, if I could That's afford to have them. Um, I used to be devastated leaving the kids. Like, I travelled all the time at my job. I would devastated leaving the kids with all pairs. But you didn't crashes. have a choice, I, I didn't guess. have a choice. I have a yeah. mortgage to pay, bills to pay. Or, you know, one income was not enough. So I had to go. And it was really stressful. And, I, you know... I see it in the kids that I missed a huge part. Like I missed my little lads taking it, my youngest taking his first steps. I didn't see that. You know, I missed an awful lot just because I had to go to work to pay the bills. You know, I had no other choice. There was no other support in place for me to take a career break, yeah. right. you know, to step away and from And there's still not. There's nothing. And that's the thing going back to the article in the Constitution. You know, there should be supports in place hmm. for a mammy or a daddy or whomever who's going to stay at home and look after the kids, that should be... Because if you're providing and supporting children in a really well-rounded environment, in their home environment, they benefit from that. And the offshoot of that is society will benefit from that. Why is the general narrative not inclusive of the conversation that we're having here now, that there are bright, capable women who would prefer to stay at home, certainly for periods of time uh, anyway? Why isn't that part of the conversation? I, really I mean, the know. presumption is that women want to be out there in the workforce and they want There's to dominate the workforce. There's given on women in this whole gender equality. It's the feminism approach. It's this, you know, oh, we have to be as good as the men. I'm, I'm not a man. I'm different to a man. I don't compare myself to And you want to, to be. I want to. I like yes. being yes. myself, you know. Yeah. Am I, a, you know, whatever. Am I a feminist? No, I'm not. But, um, you know, I have my own views on it. But uh, I, I think women are actually afraid to say, actually, I would like to stay at home with my kids and spend quality and time. And why are they afraid of that, Paula? Again, it's because of the, the, the look Are they of letting society. the side I down? it's like letting so, the side down. But yeah. what side? What side are we letting down? I think also on that, though, is there's this myth out there that women can have it all. No such thing. Because right. you are missing out. Right. You can be the career woman and you can have the kids... But it's very hard to have it, you know, to to have that right. right because you're going to miss out because work is going to take part. Like, you know, they're kind of there's parents praying their child isn't sick because they can't afford to take another day off work. You know, it's it's women can't have it all, you know, and that I like there's women out there who'd say, oh, I have it all. But your children are missing out or you're missing out. There, something has to give. I say as a parent yeah. and as say a career woman, I don't have it all. I try and juggle it as best I can. But to be honest, given my choice, I would prefer to spend right. more time And all this child. talk about including more women in politics, for example, by the nature of politics and the timing and all of that kind of thing, is that a nonsense in its own way to think that you could sort of, uh, you know, design politics around women also being in the home? Well, I think, you see, the thing is, it, it might be not so bad if you live on in Dublin or the peripheries, but if you're having to travel up, you know, you're gone before kids are even out of bed. You're back when kids are gone to bed. So it's very hard to navigate that. I think it's unfortunate, and I think there's a real, say, a need mm. for women in politics who are parents and who are career women. 
But again, it's the whole thing. It's so hard to have it all, you know. Yeah, Carol, what about that? Are you surprised with the way this conversation has gone today, by the way? No, no, an no. awful lot of my okay. friends, um, female friends, would, would they decry the fact that their days are so long, their days are so packed, so strenuous. They're all knackered mm. all the time. And I think an awful lot of them would love the opportunity to say, I'm downing tools and I'm going to be a mom. But like the uh, Paula and Alison have already said, bills, bills come first yeah. and we both need to work to get things done. I think that feminism and we'll look at feminism, modern feminism from the 70s, where women had to properly fight, not just to be to be in the workforce, to be respected in the workforce, to have any kind of opportunities that has ceased to evolve in a lot of ways. It hasn't because it's been infiltrated too. It's still yeah. being, it's still a fight. Whereas a feminist should still be able to say, I'm a feminist, so I'm choosing to stay at home. Mm -hmm. And that should be feminism as well. Mm. Feminism but doesn't mean equality with men. It means an equal opportunity to do the things you want to do. Right, but somebody working in the home now, I've noticed that recently actually in a recent conversation, almost cast eyes down when asked, what did she do? You know, that is, it's almost, well... Oh, you're seeing you know, it as being I'm kind of useless. Yeah. Oh, it's shocking. Yeah. yeah. And I think, actually, COVID was one thing that when parents started working from home, that they got to see a bit more of their kids and yes. they got to put the washing on at lunchtime and, you know, do things that they'd be doing on a Saturday and that they could spend that quality time at the weekends with kids. And I think people kind of, their eyes were open to... You know, I yeah. want to spend time. And people were, say, parents were open to that before, but I think it kind of cemented it. Right. You you reacted very I, quickly I did, to yeah, that. So. I, I like women who work in the home should be proud that they work in the home yeah. because what they're doing, it says it in the constitution, they're supporting the state. So if anybody said to me, oh, if I if I was in the home, oh, oh you stay at home, mm. you know, because mm. you do get this. Mm. Um, I go, well, I'm supporting the state. What are you doing? You know, that's my attitude on it. Any woman who works in the home works so hard. There is no mm. time off. There's no time in lieu for the extra hours you do. It's constant. It's absolutely constant. Right. It starts at the crack of dawn, right to the, the, right. the kids' and there's, and there's, no there's, there's no benefit. There's absolutely no benefit. There's no tax credit yeah. for it. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the carers. Well, look at what they're saving. Oh, my God. Uh, the government. Yeah. And, the carers and are just incredible. You know, carers just, are amazing. If you, if you look at women who work in the home, they not only produce the next generation of workers, they produce the next generation of consumers. Mm -hmm. So without women who work in the home, society grinds to a very sudden halt. <laughs> so <laughs> you're producing the people who are going to mm. be the workforce and be... Right, but can I point out to you something I saw on national television last night, which was the two people working and they are about to be evicted. That's two people it's working. So not, not only have you no benefit from, from parents being able to be at home with kids, but now they might lose you have no home. their home. I mean, you know, there's nothing. I I I I'm absolutely. I saw the interview with yeah. that couple. I was like, oh my god, these are working people being evicted but, from their But home the woman made a great point. She thought growing up, she aspired to that. Well, you know, if we can have two people working, we can have our kids, and we can mm -hmm. give them everything we didn't have, and we can do this and that. They can't even have a home for no. God's sake. You know. Shameful. I would be ashamed to be in government at the moment. I would be ashamed to allow this to happen without having measures in place. I would be embarrassed on the European stage to allow this to happen without having something in place. I really would. All right, let me take a break. We'll be back with our panel in just a moment. 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to our Friday panel and Alison Devere Hunt is with us, Paul uh, Carney Hoffler with us and Carl Clancy uh, as well. It's interesting, one, one of the... Um, well, loads of reaction to, to what we're talking about on the panel today, but this is an interesting one. I'm just trying to aggravate you all, really. Um, one uh, person says, if parents were prepared to settle for a less, la- a less lavish lifestyle, uh, one parent could stay at home and take care of their children. Um, discuss, anybody? Are they living on cloud cuckoo land? Exactly. Yeah. You know, with the bills, with everything. Lavish. What's yeah. lavish well, about doing your groceries well, in you. Aldi? You I know, d- what yeah. is it? I don't have a lavish lifestyle. I'll drive a 12 car. Uh, I don't have a Sky subscription. Is that the Rolls Royce that's just under? <laughs> yeah, the no, no, no. That's the weekend car. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a, a subscription to Sky or right. any, anywhere like that. I very wa- rarely watch TV. I very rarely go out. Yeah. Um, you can't afford to go out very often. Right. No. And not the comment uh, plays into what we were talking about off air. It says half of all the uh, rent collected by landlords goes in tax to uh, the revenue. So why not offer ta- tax relief on long-term residency and that kind of thing as well? There's something in that, isn't there, in terms mm-hmm. of preparation before they decide to get yeah. rid of the ban and all of that. Anyway, let us move swiftly on. Parents will have the right to withdraw their children from class if they do not agree with the content of updated sex education uh, programmes. But of course, our, our discussion today, um, all about uh, the um, the Catholic Primary Schools Management Association's call for transgender issues not to be taught in schools. Now, what surprised a lot of people, uh, including Matthew McGrath earlier on as well, um, the president weighed in uh, to this uh, discussion and uh, he said that schools must teach sex education in its fullest and those who fail to provide it should be punished. Now, Carol, do you want to take that uh, first of all? How um, did I know tra- you were going to, tra- to Transgender sex? education in primary school, first of all. Will you will you deal with that for me? Uh, how do you feel about that? Okay, I think in primary school, no uh, sexual education should be taught at all. At I, all? I do think that uh, learning about bodily autonomy, learning about how we're all people and how people come in all different shapes and sizes and types and accepting people for who they are and not making judgments. I think all those should be taught in primary school. Prepubescent children have very little need of sexual education um, at all in, in any regard. Even though any kid with access to a smartphone will be... You know, there's the difference between teaching them about sexual education and teaching them about uh, their response to pornography, which is what you're going to find. I didn't even mean pornography. I meant even the language of transgender. Oh, absolutely. Teaching them that uh, transgender is a thing because it is a thing. It's not something that's just crawled out of the woodwork. Mm. Transgender uh, right, but, but it has never been was around. in headlines in the way that it no, is. No, it's, it's yeah. actually 3,500 3, times more apparent now than it was 20 years ago. Right. And I'm using that number because that's the amount of people who identify in Ireland as being transgender. Right. The so even taking that into account, you still make the point that I there shouldn't that, be... I that, think that you don't teach people sexuality in 
primary school, you teach them acceptance of difference and respect and, in, and inclusion and respect. Right. And does it bother you or concern you then that you're in agreement with what the Catholic schools uh, management are saying? Because that's what they're saying. Replace the notion of education around transgender with the teaching of respect for all. I think that you have to teach respect for all. You have to teach that transgender is an actual thing. You have to teach that it's a thing. You don't have to get into the specifics beyond that. Right. I, I mean, you have to teach geography too. You don't have to teach it beyond any... Um, so age-appropriate, is age, that what you're Absolutely age-appropriate. Right, okay. Paula, what about your feelings on this? Okay, can, so... Can I get you to come a little closer? Sorry, I keep on moving away no, from no the problem, mic. Paula. I think in relation to, you know, puberty, uh, children these days are participating or going into puberty a lot earlier. Mm. Um, so you have nine and ten-year-olds, um, young girls having their first periods or, you know, things like this. So that happens in primary school. Mm -hmm. So and, and kids as well, because of their exposure to technology and the yeah. Internet, they're going to start to learn stuff about sexual relationships and sexual orientation at a very young age. So that's when we need to intervene and talk about it in a more comprehensive and cohesive way, as in they can understand it and it's not like what you just alluded to, potential pornography from a website. Yes. I think it needs to be spoke or taught in school. They need to include transgender. You cannot, I, I'm on the side of the president, you cannot exclude uh, a sexual orientation or a way of life or a, a person's particular choice. But a simple explanation, like there's it, boys and girls and there's other people then who identify differently, is that it? boys who like girls and boys who yeah. are boys or, or who are boys who want to be girls who like other boys. No, you see what I mean? You're it getting get, it... It gets confusing, yes. but there's lots of great organisations out there who support it, but they need to, to teach this in school. They need to start that foundation right. because that's where respect comes in and, respect for other people's and opinions you, and you, choices you alluded to the president there Matthew McGrath said to us earlier on on the programme that he thinks he should consider his position basically no. because he has overstepped the mark of the presidency he has an opinion don't we have these rights we have the EU you know, fundamental rights but, but of having an opinion but the role of president I know, you I see is, is, is outside of politics I don't think he should yeah. look at his position at all he, he mentioned right. something but he might have focused. to sign off and this is Maddie's point yeah. he might have to sign off on legislation around this and now that we know he stand on this uh, is he that has compromising a forced opinion. It, it can be deemed as probably a comp you know it's compromising to a certain degree but it's an opinion it's you know my thing is does the president weigh the facts um, and, and saying the people uh, who fail to provide this should be punished a bit strong I think punish the word punished is very strong you know yeah. is there penalties other penalties you know you may be something to look at you know what I mean you don't get whatever amounts of support in your school or whatever it is mm. I, I punished is a very strong word mm. there could be penalties or right. there could be you know reparate you know some sort of, of treatment of you for not including but I don't I, I really honestly think you need to include all right. orientations but, but a, age out. appropriate oh absolutely yeah. age appropriate yeah. you know well, I'm not talking about going into big dialogue and using huge words with kids yeah. keep it simple keep it clear you know that's what you need to yeah. do. Uh, now, I know it's the extreme, but I read a piece uh, on the Isle of Man yesterday who invited a drag queen in to address the, the kids and told them there were 72 genders and one kid objected. He got thrown out uh, and then the drag queen showed them explicit uh, diagrams of what happens between people of various orientations and stuff. That's the extreme. But, I mean, how do you feel about it? I, but to be honest, I don't really agree with Paula on it. I think, I think the use of language that 
President Higgins, just to go back to that for a second, mm. you know, in its fullest sense, I just thought that that was, you know, a bit full on. Mm. Like, I definitely think children, let children be children. But what I can't understand in this whole debate is the Catholic schools are not being listened to. The Muslim school, say, have, have in, mm. aligned with the Who Catholic are in agreement, schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teachers, parents have mm. not been consulted on this. Professor Donal O'Shea of the National Gender Service yeah. has accused politicians and leadership of failing to listen to the concerns of medics and that the approach transi- to transgenderism was not based on science but driven by NGOs and campaigners. And that is the thing. What is behind all this? You know, like parents are a huge, uh, you know, are the, the parents, obviously, of these children. Teachers are the ones there to teach them. Why are they not being listened to? Why is, say, what the NCCA uh, publishing books now and telling teachers not to mention boys and girls mm. because in case it causes a reaction. Well, are, are you saying I think because there's extreme. a grouping that know better than the parents and want to well, impose that? The thing that, is the people it? that are trying to bring this in, Rod- Roderick O'Gorman, Leo Varadkar, they are not parents. Mm. I don't see why we there's such a But they're a surrounded major... by advisors and they're They are, but by... they're in NGOs mm. and campaigners. And what is behind this? You know, and there's big money to be made out of pharma, out of body blockers. You know, like... They want to take the consent away from parents that children will be able to decide themselves. I think that's very dangerous. At, at, at a relatively young age. And yeah. a lot of European yeah. countries, the Netherlands, Switzerland, they've all rolled They're back re- on this. They're rethinking this. this now, so yeah. why do, is it, I think too, is it that we want to be the first over the post. We were the first with the smoking ban. We were up there with the, say, well, repeal the, the age. The liberals of Europe, is that it? Is it yeah, I'd say, the, and the good boys of Europe. You yeah. know, we're we're very good at doing what we're told, you know, right. say. I, I, it just doesn't sit right with me as a parent. I think right. the people... And, and the fact the president weighed in on this very strongly weighed in, uh, do you have a concern? About I it? do, because to be honest, he is the man that's going to sign off yeah. on this at the end. He's not supposed to be political. So he should basically, you mm. know... Now, he's always sort of was there or thereabouts. He though. was, yeah, but yeah. he's not doing... Like, but sure, he's the same man that told us if he got in a second time, he'd release all his expenses because they were out, you know, mm. unbelievable. We never got them. Mm. So, you know, say, he can, he's doing what he likes. Say, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Mm. And I do, I think children are precious. Children are, you know, innocent mm. and I think that needs to be protected And, and the too. fact that they are confronted by all of this anyway, they know more than we ever knew, that's for, for certain. So True. does that have to be reflected in the curriculum in some way, does it? Not at a young age, I yeah. think. But, but even a very they, simple... In, in, they, they won't want them believing in Santi in a few years' time. Do you know what I mean? Let them be innocent. Let them have their time. Because the big bad world is there forever once you enter it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think... And I think the people who are their caregivers, teachers and parents, are not being consulted. Why? What's, why is it so difficult Paula, what to about that? That You know, it seems to be decision-making that's, that's overriding what parents might want or decide or okay, well, Parents can decide whatever they want with regarding their children. The other thing I don't, re- and I don't, re- re- I don't feel comfortable with is, is religious organisations making a decision about whether you're being taught about particular types of sexual orientation or objecting to stuff. Um, they shouldn't. It's church and state thing again. They shouldn't be involved in it. They really shouldn't. Um, Going back to, you know, the educational front in relation to to children and and knowledge, we need to teach children that what they see on the internet is not real. 
but we need to teach them correctly. Mm. Mm. We can't exclude things because it makes us feel uncomfortable or an organisation such as, you know, Catholic mm. organisation or, or, or different religions organisation uncomfortable or they don't agree with it. You need to teach children. And, do you, and I'm not talking about five-year-olds. I'm of, talking probably sixth course, class. Of course. But do you, do you think that, you know, there are organisations and there are actors out there who are influencing all of these decisions? Do you think? Or, or? I think everybody, there is actors in every part on both sides of the equation that are creating some sort of influence and pushing the agendas, their agendas. Mm. Absolutely. And, and I agree with Alison on that. Absolutely. But we need to step back from that. We need to take an impartial view of what do we need to deliver to our children to help them understand this world they're living in, their bodies, better. Mm. And we need to do that at primary school age, right. at that age of, uh, of of the start of sexual maturity. And is it to enough degree. to say, OK, parents, if you don't like it, you can pull your kids away from this? Is that... A, you can... It is, you know, it's consent-based. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Do you want your child include in in this education path, this particular topic, this subject? Yeah, they don't the, want. The to. only thing that would worry me about that is you do that, and kids are going to be kids, and they're going to talk anyway. So they're you're going, going to talk to, anyway. they, they'll get their information third-hand. Exactly. Then they're going and to do that be... anyway. They get a third-hand off the, off the internet at the moment. It doesn't make a difference. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're Just a final word on this: Is this fair to teachers? I mean, teachers are already they they look after confirmation classes and community be, classes. Before and we start, they're going through all the and now they want to impose foreign languages on them which I happen to think is a good thing. But all of this is, you know... Yeah, I, I had a chat before we came on here with uh, Alison and we were just talking about that. And I remember when I was starting to teach martial arts and I got a piece of advice from my teacher and he said, teach what you know. I don't think the teachers are in a position to teach yet mm. because they're at sea. They mm. don't have a, a, a clear understanding they don't have a clear curriculum. They certainly don't have a clear consensus of what it is they should be teaching. Yeah. And they're going to be the thin end of the wedge. So, no, I don't think it's fair on teachers. Right. I think that they need a lot more time. All right, let me take another break. We'll be back with our panel in just a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Right, you're very welcome back to our Friday panel. Um, loads of stuff in from, from uh, listeners here. I'm just afraid of some of it in terms of taking us off on other tangents, but just a couple. Uh, being a stay-at-home mum is the most rewarding job anybody can have, and they're just nodding around the table here. I'm sure everybody would agree uh, with that. Somebody else saying, gender identification is not sexual education. It's introducing children to diversity amongst people, and it's nothing to be afraid of. And many national school children already are familiar with LGBT. IQ language and it should be explained in school. That's a reasonable text, isn't it? I think it's very clear. Yeah, yeah very I would reasonable agree with text indeed. Uh, but here's a stark one if you want this. Uh, good morning. I just want to say I got paid uh, yesterday. Today, I have no money left for food for my family. Yeah. Do you know? Desperate. It really is. Like Situations like this are unacceptable. They really are. 
I, I just can't understand it in it's, this day and age. It's incredible. You yeah. know, it's crazy. Um, a great friend of the show, uh, the uh, journalist Jen Hogan, was on to us, and she's a remarkable woman in a lot of ways. She's a great journalist, but she has seven kids as well. Um, yeah, but this week, um, she certainly stirred, stirred debate online. She wrote about the stress endured by parents at swimming pools, in particular, uh, what age a child should be before they're allowed into a swimming pool, changing room on their own. She got a lot of flack uh, about this, in fact. Uh, Alison, does, does this sort of... Uh, it sits with you in well, some way. Well, it doesn't way. really apply to me yeah, yet, shall yet. I say. Yeah. But, yeah, like, to be honest, you know, from being in a pool myself and in changing rooms as a kid, like, you, I would definitely say with my little fella now, if we were going to the pool now, in, and for the next number of years, he'll be in with me. Yes. You know, and I just don't see any problem with that. Right, now, one lady was on to us and she said she felt uncomfortable because her mum brought in her seven-year-old with her, the boy, he was staring, and she felt uncomfortable uh, about it. Does that... Oh, to be honest, get over it. I know that sounds maybe pretty harsh, but, like, he's a child. Like, you know... He's a natural curiosity. As exactly. Well, you know, and, like, honest, you know, so. kids are going to look at different things, you know, whether it be a yo giving birth or... It's yeah. just, you know, like... I... She could or maybe there was no cubicles there, and look, yeah. I suppose she the, doesn't there wasn't have to in her move. Case, so that's the other point she was making. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I think children nowadays are a little bit more mollycoddled. They need to be probably in the changing room with their parents as well. You wouldn't trust yeah. some of them to go off on their own. And, th- and that's the point, isn't it? Is it different though? I mean, if you have a dad, for instance, Carl, in a in a dressing room, and they have a a little child with them, or or you're bringing a little girl into a changing room where there's men. I have been the dad have bringing you? two daughters into swimming on a regular basis. To, to when, the men's... When, when they were... We went into the family rooms. Okay. And the most difficult part is being the male going into the family rooms surrounded mostly by mothers mm. and their children and feeling quite out of place yourself. Were you made as, to feel out of place? Not at all. No, you just feel okay. self-conscious. So it's just your own... Uh, yeah, you feel self-conscious. Yeah. And, and um, I think that it took me a little while to get over that, but my daughters, as soon as they were eight and nine, they were, we'll go in by ourselves, thanks very much, uh, you can wait here, if we need you, we'll call. And girls tend to be better at that than boys are. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boys, when they were going to swimming, would be, here, give me that. Yeah, the, uh, We're going in by ourselves. The, 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 mother, the mother in question, she had an issue with, now, you see, not, not every situation would have a family cubicle or anything. Yeah. And, and the mother in question had an issue because she didn't want her little boy to go unchaperoned into the male dressing room if he's seven years of age. Like, right. Can, can you see why? If there were, Could well, you understand that now? Well, that's because we see wolves behind every door now. Right, okay. It's not that we, there, there may or may not be an issue for that. But society has been taught that every male can be a wolf. Right, which is a whole other It's a completely different indeed. set of Paula, of how, how do you feel about this? My thing is just child fa- safety first. It's always child safety first. You know, and it all, you know, the age of the child, so it's talking about, you know, what age should a child, you know, go on their own to a changing room I really depends on the child some children need more support you might have Mm. children with special needs they will need more support Um, so but you know there is 
there could be wolves behind the door. You know, and we have to look at that. So for me, child safety first, and then you take it from there. And you know the confidence level of your child, that if your child did run into difficulties, they'd know where to go to come get you if you're in a different changing room. So things like that. Can you understand the mum who would be concerned about the seven-year-old leaving him into a male dressing room? Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, totally. Okay, and the wolves behind the door? There's always, there could be wolves. You know, you just, you know, uh, maybe I watch way too many FBI shows and stuff like that, but (laughs) there is wolves out there. Real quickly, if you would, because this was a huge issue on the show during the week, littering on the roads, and has Tipperary gone to a whole other level where this is concerned? It it seems to have, uh, from what we got in, we got photographs in that were just uh, unbelievable. Um, Alison, you'd have your fingers on the pulse of rural Ireland. Um, Is is this a huge issue? Even farmers have a huge issue. Yeah, the illegal dumping that's going on 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 farmland, especially down lanes and things like that, it's scandalous. And like the thing is, it's the farmer that has to clean it up. At at Um, their own expense. At their own expense, exactly. But also, I think a huge amount of the litter that I see on the roads around Cashel, where I am, and the the hinterlands, is from our biggest fast food chain. Mm. I think it's long overdue that barcoding is put on food, you know, that say a, a driving license. Now, look, there's probably something to do with data protection or whatever. But that, you know, infrastructure is there. Yes. That you go in and it's part of what you sign up to when you're buying your chips or your burgers is that every, say, box and bag is going to have your um, license plate on it. So you can be identified. And that, do you think that could be easily done with Very technology easily done. The, way, the way it is? Like that's been done, right. on, say, in, in small businesses on different things. So it's, it's right. not a difficult thing to do. There's, they know when you go in that your order is this. Right. So they, I, I only have a few seconds left, though, but what about the mindset of people who literally roll down the window, fling the stuff out, or deliberately go to a farmer's uh, place and put old furniture and mattresses there? It's it's disgraceful. So I, I live in a really picturesque part of, of Tipperary, South Tip, and, you know, I go walking every day and I spend most of my time, I often bring a plastic bag with me or collect rubbish or stick it in my pockets. Drives me mad. People just don't care. You know, it's easier to chuck it out the window. Sure. Is it getting worse, Paula? It is, absolutely. I actually, uh, right. yesterday I went for a walk and I said, I'm going to see how much I can, you know, what's around. And littered, and like that from fast food places in, in oh care. My. I only have 15 seconds left. Carl, what, what about your thoughts about it's, this? It's really funny how every single issue we've talked about today has come back to education and respect. But yeah. there's never Edu- been... Educate people. There's never been as much education on this, Carl. There, there hasn't. Yeah. And uh, absolutely not. I, yeah. I, I completely agree. And where do you start it? You start it in primary school. All right. Yeah. I, I must leave it there. Thanks to Carl. Thanks to Paula. And thanks to uh, Alison. And we do have a winner of our tickets to Marty's Party, which is happening tonight in Limerick. And that is Ray Bergen of uh, Templemore. And that's it for me. Emma produced. Ali looks after her content. Stephen is on the way. And I'll talk to you on Monday. Look after yourselves. Bye bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.